Cool, cool, cool. All right, so um, I'm going to try not to be too belabored because um, I was actually in the middle of, of um, some meditations and some other stuff, so I kind of want to get back to what I was doing. But um, So I actually wasn't going to do a segment today, and then, um, you know, it struck me that I should do a segment today. So I'm here, all right? Um, peace and love to you as well. Yeah, peace everyone. Forever Allah. Peace, peace, peace. And uh, Taniho, if I pronounced that correct, if I didn't, feel free to put the phonetics in the chat. But, um, and of course, Sister Queer, peace. Um, and I did I did get your message, Sister Queer. Uh, just so you know, while, while I'm kind of letting everybody jump back over, there was a there was something that happened with my scheduling. As much as I as I get on you about using the technology, uh, I think because of the, the you know because of the virus, a lot of the cloud services are like messing up, and I, and the calendar appointments weren't syncing. So I didn't even have you on my calendar. So one of my assistants just reached out to me and let me know that you know I I missed you. Alright, so we'll we'll straighten that out. I apologize about that. That's just some corona tech stuff, of course, that's happening. Alright. Um <clears throat> but uh you know, I don't I don't do that kind of work. I don't I don't work on Saturday, so you know, my, my you'll probably hear something tomorrow from one of my assistants. Alright, so uh alright, I think we, we slowly getting people back over to where they need to be, right? And I'm just gonna I'm gonna go into it because I don't like doing like the long prelude. Okay, thank you, thank you, Queen. I appreciate it. Thank you for understanding. Yeah, the the tech has been like a little a little trippy lately. You know, at least the the, the cloud tech. My low tech stuff is fine, but you know, um, stuff hasn't been syncing and stuff like that. So, you know. All right. Um, so I'm not gonna get into. If anyone came looking for the corona stuff or whatever, I'm not really going to get into that uh, too much right now unless you have questions. If you have questions, if you're in process and you're you're doing the work and doing what you're supposed to do and um, you have some questions about, you know, how better to do it, then I don't have a problem answering some of those things if I can't answer it. I don't know everything, um, but whatever I got. You know, I'll share for the most part as far as as far as the survival information. So if you still have questions on that. Um, normally, I check the videos prior to and then come over so I can answer. But I didn't do that this time. Like I said, I was in the middle of um, some meditation and stuff, and I was like, "Nah, I ain't doing no. I don't feel like doing a segment today. <laughs> um, I'm just kind of not in the mood." And then it, you know, I heard a voice. It was like, "Go do a segment." Speak, go speak to go speak to them people. So here I am. Um, so there was something that you know really came to me, and and uh, not just I can't say I, I would say meditation, but and again any question just throw it in there. I'll, I'll you see me glancing down. I actually I have a um, I have the chat window on my tablet, so periodically I just look down to see if there's any new questions or whatever like that. That's why if you see me keep looking down, that's what I'm doing. Um, so, yeah, you know, 
what kind of came to me and what's it's been on the table for a while but you know at, at certain times certain things come priority you know it's very similar to like when you're doing a, uh, or getting a consultation from a spiritualist or someone is intuiting or prophesizing sometimes you find yourself in a position where you're you feel compelled as they're speaking to say you know I already knew that or I was feeling that or I was thinking that and like a lot of times when sometimes clients say that to me you know yeah I was I was thinking the same thing and I'll say well if you were thinking it with the right priority and urgency then it wouldn't have come up in your reading you know um, so we could think a hundred things at one time but which ones are the essential ones that we need to really be focusing on so there's a couple of things that come up and I'm, and I'm going to tell you kind of the genesis of some of this um, you know since we've been kind of focusing a lot more within our new um, towards like the times and, and survival and, and things like that there have been some, some questions and some concerns that have arisen from certain members in regards to mating you know, mating is a huge thing within Anu that we focus on. Not just getting mated, but also um, respecting the mate, the mate partnerships. But um, really trying to bring some sanity to an institution that many of us were never taught anything about. You know, and of course, I'm referring to um, I'm referring to mating. So we were having some conversations, some dialogue uh, in that regards. And I'm going to ask again to make sure that I am loud and clear because last segment there seemed to be some issues with my volume. All right. And I know one person said I'm loud and clear, but just if I'm clear and you're not straining to hear me, just let me know because I can speak a little louder. I know sometimes my voice tends to be a little subdued, but um, I could do the, you know, I could do the choir thing if I need to. Alright, but um, So yeah, there's been a lot of questions Okay, thank you, Claire Good, good Alright, cool So we got enough people saying it's good So I'm going to assume it's cool Because <laughs> last time, like, maybe two or three were like, it's cool And then there was like four or five that was like I'm having to turn my speakers all the way up So I don't want you to have to go through all of that But if you do, you do Because it's free information So <laughs> Alright But, um yeah, so peace, peace to you as well. I um, I can't pronounce your name, but you're the last one who, who put it in there. All right, and it's you as well, Sue Ann. You're always present, and Nikki. You know, I don't go through everybody. Cause I know, but, but anyway, but for everybody, peace to you as well. So there's been a lot of conversation that people have been wanting to initiate with me in regards to not just family, but who they're connected to and who they're not connected to, but more so who they are connected to, like some of the problems and issues that they may, may currently be going through with the people that they made it with in regards to survival and what it may mean when it's time to like really engage, which is now, now, you know, but uh, what that really looks like when you made it to someone who actually has no plan, you know, or it's just like everything will be all right, or, you know, maybe they're just kind of lax about it. And I can tell you, you know, and, and I'm going to just 
touch that very briefly. Like I said, it's not going to be a long one, but um, I'm going to jump around a little bit. You know, a lot of times I get those questions from women, and rightly so, because usually it's the women who have a certain thirst uh, for information and knowledge. And, you know, a lot of times, especially when I, within I knew, uh, there has happened before where there where I had to remove people because there was a certain level of um, sometimes it's a grafted sickness that comes into the space that you have to kind of keep your eye on and know how to you know eradicate when it comes. Now this has been I'm not talking about you know it's been years you know so it's always like. When people see it, they're always like, oh, so-and-so had to go this one. It's like, you know how many people don't come? I can't even remember everybody who's, who's come and gone because that's just a part of... When you're, when you're cultivating a mind and you're looking at it in terms of agriculture, you know, can you remember how many weeds you have to pull out of your farm? You know what I mean? Or um, you might remember your first harvest. They, yeah, like, these are my first batch of solid students um, but throughout that harvest can you remember every dead leaf and everything that you have to pull off of those vines and those plants and things like that not, not really you know um, or how many times critters came in and different rodents and, and destroyed what you were planting and things like that you may remember the frustration of it but you'll probably more remember the techniques that you had to use to make sure that it didn't happen again right so it's just a part of growing something that's going to be weeding, that's going to be pruning, that's going to be nurturing, that's going to be this cycle of all of these different things that need to happen in order to keep it, to keep it growing, right? Um, so, you know, there's been some questions around that, like in terms of mating and who's present, who's not present. And one of the things that uh, I think is really important for you all to realize is that ultimately you're required to carry the burden and the weight of your own redemption back to the light. It's not about anybody else. It's not about your children. It's not about, you know, your parents, your spouse, whomever. And for those of us who are a little older, right, or a little more matured, um, sometimes that can be a very scary idea, you know, of not necessarily of our purpose and our design and our design being so intertwined within and into someone else's. Oh, you know what? Because this has a new link. Any of you on social media, do me a favor because I don't, I, I don't want to do it for my 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 um, tablet. <laughs> I don't want to do it for my tablet right now. But just uh, if you know, like you could put a link up for this one. And I'm not doing the whole share the video thing. But it's just I don't want to, uh, I don't have the link. And this is a new link because I had to do a new live. So the ones that are up now is the last one that I had to cut off. All right? So that way I can keep flowing and I don't have to try to do it and play it off while I'm talking. All right? Um, so what was I going to say? See, I don't know already. See what happens? <laughs> so, again, like, I, like I'm saying, in terms of, like, uh, growing things, you know, sometimes it's like a just like a pruning and a, and a mixing and a matching um, that you have to kind of do with different different elements, right? 
And like I was saying, sometimes when you get to a certain age in your life, that pruning becomes different and it becomes very scary, right? Because we think that our purpose and what we're here to do is intertwined with what we've always done because that's what we've always done. It's that egoic history that always puts us in a, in a terrible space that half the time we don't want to be in. So, you know, sometimes you might even come for a consultation with someone like me. I want to know what my purpose is. And you're, the age doesn't really matter. You know, we if we're looking at, usually people go through this in the second half of your life, but the second half of your life doesn't mathematically have to be the actual half halfway point of your life. You could be 30 years old, you could be 40, you could be 50, you could be 60, right? And then you get to a point where you've been doing a certain thing for a certain amount of time, and then now you're in a place where it's like, well, I'm unhappy. <laughs> you know, I've been doing this all this time because this is what I've known to do. I've always taken care of people. I've always looked out for people. I've always been everybody's mother. I've always been everybody's provider. I've been, always been everyone's leader whatever 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 you can go right down the list and now I'm in a place where I'm just not uh, peace Marie <laughs> you know uh, I'm just in a place now where I'm not necessarily happy with that motif that I've created for myself and you know your dividing point between the halves of your life or the dividing point between um, we could say your body and your soul right so for the first half of your life, you'll typically devote yourself to your body. You'll devote yourself to materialism. And then the second half is when you have... And some people never make it to the second half. Some people, they die within the first half. Right? So what happens is that second half awakening or that second half resurrecting is when you come to a point where you're, you're, you learn now to have a conversation with your soul. Whereas before you were having a conversation in the first part of your life, you're having a conversation with everyone in the world, you know, in particular, uh, usually your family, right? So when you first come forth, I mean, I can't tell you for myself how many things that people told me I should have been when I was younger from uh, a doctor, a lawyer, uh, a preacher, um, I was supposed to go into the military, um, I'm trying to remember all the different ones. You know, engineer, uh, mathematician. Uh, I, I can't even remember all of them. Oh, of course, a musician. I was supposed to be a prolific musician. You know, um, there's a lot. You know, there's a lot. Oh, I was thought I should open up a motorcycle repair shop because I'm, I'm good with working on cars and I'm good with my hands. Right? And these are things that people really, really kind of like made convincing arguments for and of course for some of them I didn't really need to be convinced I did go to school for law I also went to school for engineering so I mean I had an interest in, in certain things but um, the very first career I wanted what well, I want I wanted to be a break dancer but after that you know was archaeologist right um, but ultimately again uh, and I never went to school for archaeology but because uh, I was convinced out of it somebody told me gave me money when I was very I was putting together a bone set I had these dinosaur bone sets and you'd have to pick out each thing I, this is what I love to do um, and I would go looking and searching for fossils all the time and I would find them all the time find, I would find fossils like this but uh, someone was like man they don't make no money and that's all you had to tell me I was like what well, you find something else to do. you know so you have all those different conversations where you're 
Uh oh. Hopefully, okay. Something happened. But you have all those different conversations where you're really listening as a young person. Uh oh, the numbers are going down. Uh, something just happened to the video. I don't know. Let me know if you can still see and hear me. Just say something, but my screen just flipped around. It went black and then it flipped around. The little flip flops, though. You know. So uh, let me know. The numbers are now going down. So I think either people got cut off or something happened. But just let me know if you can uh, still hear me. Um, I can see in here. Okay, cool. I'm going to keep going. So you're having conversations with the world in the beginning, right? And you're trying to appease what you consider to be your role. So for me as a man, you know, your function is, you're told what your function is a lot, you know, as a man. Even as, thank you everyone for letting me know. I appreciate it. Um, especially as a, even as a little boy, like, you know, oh, you're a strong boy. You're a big, strong boy. Go take the garbage out. <laughs> if you was a real man, you take the garbage out, you know, and it just graduates, you know, um, you're supposed to do this. You're supposed to be this. And you're trying to meet all of these different benchmarks and, you know, kind of references of approval from the world based on sometimes how they perceive you, you know, what they say, oh, radio announcer. That's the other one I used to get all the time. Radio announcer, voiceover artist. Um, you know, sometimes they perceive you, they hear they hear your voice and they say, oh, you know, you should be da 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 You know, and you're listening. You're listening because you're, you're listening to all these things to determine what makes the most sense for you and, and what you can really discern as being something that's viable and appropriate for your life, right? And then you get to a point where after you've done those things, because a lot of times, even though you think you've achieved a level of independence, especially as a man, because that is one of the marks of, of a man is independence, um, you feel like you've achieved a level of that, um, you go and you pursue those goals. And you might find yourself at 30 or might find yourself at 40 or at 50 or at 60, either one, and realizing, like, I hate my life. You know, maybe I even opened a business because everyone told me I should go into business and I'm in this business now and I hate speaking to these people. I hate when people walk through the door. I hate when I have to call them on the phone. Like, I hate them. I hate it. I hate all of it. You know, um, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, the first part of your life is really supposed to be about um, explorations inside of your mistakes. You know, it's it's just... <laughs> It, it, it's going down the wrong road. It's just one long, wrong road. And that's okay. That's what it's supposed to be. You know, um, you, you think about sometimes when, I know for me, I can't speak for you, but when I see like videos sometimes online of um, love the name in your shirt, t-shirt, Baba. Give thanks, Marie. This is actually uh, Brother Victor. He's one of the Anu men. Uh, he and Brother Logan. Uh, sometimes you see Logan in the chat. Victor too, but I know Victor's on a different time zone right now. But uh, they have a, a movement uh, for men by the name of Baba. So I'm giving them uh, giving them some some love <laughs> today. So I'm glad you asked. So that way I can give you the spiel now. But Brother Vic Boussoulet and Brother Logan Scott, uh, he always leaves really good comments too. So uh, if you just look in the comment section, if not this video, maybe one of the other ones you're seeing, but it's a it's a movement for for men, Baba. But um, and his son actually uh, came up with the logo, 
Hoodoo occultism, I'm not sure why you have not been able to join uh, the ministry. I don't know what's going on. Uh, I don't know what that means. But I would suggest, I don't know if you're male or female. Uh, if you're male, then you should go to uh, Anu Womb at anulifeglobal.org. Send an email there and tell them what's going on. You know, describe what the issue is. And if you're female, go to Anu. Did I say male? Which one did I start with? If you're male, <laughs> go to Anu Men at anulifeglobal.org. If you're female, go to Anu Womb at anulifeglobal.org and send an email for either one. You know, I think you, I think I saw male pop up. Oh, it's Malachi. Oh, okay. Y'all be having so many screen <laughs> Okay. Yeah, we have so many screen names. I don't know. Yeah, just send an email and tell them yeah, for whatever. I don't know why you can't. I don't know if it's an error message or what. Don't even tell me right now. Just send them an email and they'll get you squared away. And that's for anyone else who's having an issue. Um, I should also add, you should let them know that you've been trying because we actually already hit the cutoff. You probably missed the cutoff. That's probably what happened. Try, to, try it again right now. Try to see whatever problem you were having while you're on the air right now. Try to see if you... Yes, you can join at 64. We have members who are older than you, Shadow Book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you ain't... <laughs> you definitely wouldn't be the oldest. Um, I was going to say, I bet you missed the cutoff date. I bet you that's what happened. Uh, we had closed the form after a certain date. And um, we actually recently... You might be able to get in because we extended the date, but I think, what are we in? I think we extended it to April 1st. So it may not work for you, but I have a feeling you, you missed the cutoff date. So I can't even do all of that right now. Just send the email. <laughs> you could try right now. If, you get, if, if it's blocking you, it's because the forms are blocked uh, after a certain date. But maybe we'll open them up for another couple of days because uh, right now there's so many... There's a lot of names. There's a lot of people that we have to go through one by one. And it's not just a green light on everybody. You know, um, there is a level of discernment that has to go into the Anu Wound piece. It's an application. So it's not a um, everybody or Anu men. It's not everybody. Come on. We got a place for everybody because that's dangerous. And uh, at one point I did do something similar to that. And it wasn't good. And then um, then I was a little more lax after that. And it wasn't great. <laughs> so now, um, you know, as we go, we, we're tightening things up more and more. So there's a lot of names that we have to go through. And it is very time-consuming. You know, so that's one of the reasons why I said we're going to do this once a year. As opposed to every three months letting people in. Because then sometimes some rodents and critters slip through the cracks. Slip through the cracks. And that's how you end up getting your harvest eaten. Alright, so... Um, that's what I would suggest. That's for support. Anu Womb at AnuLifeGlobal.org or Anu Man at AnuLifeGlobal.org. All right. So, yeah, like I was saying, you know, the first part of your life, you're just going down the wrong road the whole time. That's just, that's what's, what you're supposed to do because you're supposed to explore. And like I was saying, sometimes when you see, sometimes I see like videos on social media of little children. I saw one recently. This little boy was playing the organ. I mean, he was phenomenal on, on the organ. I mean, he was amazing. And um, 
before he got up to Plato, like he was maybe like seven, seven years old. And before he got up to play, he did this whole, you know, now I love to praise the Lord. And I just want y'all to praise him with me. And I'm like, and then he was like all feminine with it. And, you know, and it's like, you, you know, obviously somebody, you learn that from watching someone, but that's not really what's in your heart. And I'm not saying that children can't have a for real testimony or for real integrated experience, but you can tell when something is being mimicked because there's no spirit in it, you know, and it's. To me, I think that's sad when you do that to a child and you kind of cap the ceiling of where they're supposed to explore even through their long hallway of mistakes. So that's what I'm saying. That first part of your life is primarily just one long, a long hallway of the wrong direction. All right. And it's beautiful. It's a it's a beautiful journey. I mean, how else are you going to have stories for the grandkids? <laughs> you know, that you should close that door, close it. I can't tell you how many times my elders close the door, close the door, close the door. Come in. Hey man, let me tell you something what I used to do. But <laughs> you know, and you get to hear some what? You know, grandma, that's how you met grandma? You know, and you get to hear some craziness. So that's our first part. And a lot of times we go through that wrong road because again we're having these these in-depth conversations with the world and the world it's not subtle. You know, its messages are very, very clear. Do this, do that, go to school, get a good job, da da da, get married, have children, move in a good neighborhood, move where there's good schools, just this, that, that, you know, get this kind of car, don't get that kind of car, this, that, you know, um, wear your hair this way, wear your clothes this way. Everything is very, the conversation is, is very clear. And then after you fulfill the requirements of that, con that, that conversation and you go down that path, um, then you come to another point in your life a lot of times where now you start to feel this level of depression. And that depression that you're experiencing, sometimes there's an embarrassment behind it. So you, you suppress it or you suppress the symptoms when you're around other people. You know, I have, a, I have a real good brother of mine right now. We were talking the other day and he's currently in therapy. And he was telling me about his experiences in therapy. And Man, I, I was just so proud of him. Like, you know, I was just really encouraging him because I was saying, you know, a lot of us men need therapy. A lot of us are really hurt and really lonely. Loneliness is like the key part of us men. You know, we're very, very, very lonely because we live in a society, again, that we can't, we can't speak out about whatever we're disgruntled about. You know, we can't go to work and cry at our desks or stuff like that, you know, or because our disgruntledness speaks to the very core issue of what's wrong in society. That's why you do have certain people in the Midwest who are like, I hope everything collapse, you, you know, because they want to start over and do things in a way that they see being most peace, peace, Yerushla, in a way that they see being um, most prudent and fitting for who and where they are, you know, so because it, they're they're unhappy, but they know we can't really speak up about our unhappiness as men or if somebody does us dirty, we can't really say anything because who really sympathizes with men? You know, it's just like when female teachers rape little boys, we don't call it rape. We say, oh, this teacher had sex with her students. She had sex with little boys. But if it's a male teacher, it's rape. You see, 
So, but no one thinks like maybe that little boy is is scarred from having a grown woman suck on his penis. Maybe maybe that did something to him, you know. Um, so what I'm saying is that I was just so proud of him, you know, for going to therapy, and he was getting a lot a lot from it from it. Excuse me, I'm sorry, I'm getting messages. Um, he was getting a lot from it, you know, as well, which I thought was awesome, you know. Um, but a lot of times that depression, and I'm not just talking about for men, I'm talking about for men and women. It kicks in around that second part when you're like, man, I did everything I was supposed to do. Because you're supposed comes from society. You know, society has said do this, society says that. And I did all those things, man, and I'm so unhappy. And we don't celebrate the unhappiness. The unhappiness is awesome because that means stuff is still working. You know, it's like um, when people eat a meal and they immediately, or excuse me, I gotta go, you know, they're in the bathroom. And they're, you know, they're taking an instant stick with them. And you're like, man, your system is really working. You know, um, it's the same thing. that The feelings you may feel, whether it's the depression or the anger or the hurt, depression in particular is a great sign that um, you still have a very tender and sensitive reaction to the movement of your soul. Because that depression means your soul is here and your spirit and mind is over there. There's a disconnect. And you're sensitive to it. You know, and a lot of times because you may be using the the answers, you know, and, and the therapeutic ideas that come from a psychology. And remember, the word psyche means soul. You know, so you're coming, you're using someone else's understanding of the soul or understanding of psychology. So it's very hard for you to kind of, let's just say this is the soul, it's very hard for you to get back in, in alignment because they're asking you all kind of things and suggesting all kind of things that have nothing to do with this. And by the time you're done with figuring that out, the only thing you're thinking is, maybe I did want to have sex with my mother. Maybe I did used to want to see my sister naked. Maybe I am gay. <laughs> you know, it goes my monetization. <laughs> it goes my monetization. <laughs> but, um, so, you know, but that's, that's what that system will do for you, right? Um, but instead of feeling further depressed about the, de the depression or further embarrassed, like I said, I was glad that, that my brother was able to say, like, yeah, man, I'm in therapy and it's been wonderful and, you know, the sister's really, it's an elder woman, you know, he was like, man, she's really helping to bring some things out, you know? And um, he's the type of person, if you looked at him, you wouldn't think he'd be in therapy. You know, he's manly man, you know, so that's why I was even even more uh, proud of him and, and excited for him. Right. Um, and I know his journey. I know what he's been going through, you know, and um, we're close. So me providing therapy for him wouldn't, you know, wouldn't necessarily some things I'm sure he doesn't want want to tell me. And there's only some things that you can open up to a woman to or to especially open an older woman. to, Right. But like I said, that that compass, those feelings. That feeling of depression is awesome because it lets you know, okay, cool, you've done this, you've done that, you've done that. But, you know, there's two, there's two questions that you need to ask that spirit of depression when it shows up. Two questions. Why are you here? What do you want from me? That's it. If you can just find yourself doing that, man, you, oof. <laughs> 
you'd be surprised like how far you'd be able to assail in life. Just, just, just from that. When that depression comes, why are you here? What do you want from me? Right? And then that's kind of like your, um, I don't know, it's the boat. It's the, you know, that, that's, if, whether it's the boat, it's the world, but that's you turning direction. Right? As opposed to steady moving in the wrong way, and then depression comes and you're like, and now you're just moving in the wrong way sad. Instead, you pause. Why are you here? What do you want from me? Because essentially, you're talking to depression, but you're really having a conversation with your soul. Right? And that's when you'll start getting information like, man, I, I don't want you to do this. <laughs> what are you doing? You know, you could be a cop or something. I mean, I, and you say, well, I got, I got a good job. And I, and I cap out at so-and-so, and, so and I, I have a pension at 20, and in 20 years, and da, 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 I'll be able to retire, I can go buy myself a house, build a house in North Carolina or in Virginia, and da, 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 you know, and, and you have all these things that make sense, and your soul is like, dog, I didn't tell you to do that, what are you doing? <laughs> like, I've been told you what to do, <laughs> you know, I told you to be an archaeologist, you know, whatever, but I, I told you what to do, you know, so, um, that's a good thing, when that comes, and that, that question and the pursuing of the answers of that question, that outlines the second part of your life. That's it. That's when you want to... Now, it's soul time. I done gave my... It's like a bid, really. Like, I, done, I did a bid for the, for the world. Like, it's like doing a state bid. But I did a bid for the world. I did a world bid. Now, I'm going to go do a bid for the soul. You see? So, um, I gave you my time. So, you get to that point, too, where certain things also don't move you. In the same way, you know, um, people come to you and they're telling you about different things that are happening in the world, and you, okay, <laughs> you know what I mean. And, and then you have to kind of be able to get past that feeling that maybe I'm supposed to have a reaction, maybe I'm supposed to feel this way, feel that way. But you know, it's just like like I said today. Okay, I I was I was in meditation, right? And I thought like, oh, I should do a, a oh it's Saturday. I'm supposed to do a segment, and I'm like. Now, nah, I ain't feeling it. <laughs> I'm feeling this meditation right here. This is what I'm feeling, right? So, my focus is not serving, servicing you, right? Because I'm, I'm here in meditation having a conversation with my soul. But then my soul was like, we need to go talk to them. You see? So now, okay, okay, cool. So, I'll go do that. So... I'm here because of the soul, not because of the service that I feel I have to give to you, right? And, and, and I don't mean to say that to sound narcissistic or anything like that, but I'm just saying like how your, 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 your parameter of where you're pulling your instruction and your inspiration changes. There's an inspiration, mean inspire, spire, spiral, spirit. So inspiration to, means to be in spirit. So you can be inspired by the world. And what do you get from, from the world? World spirits. So the world spirits will say, okay, hey, um, you know, get, get this kind of job or do this type of thing, go to this type of school, have these type of children, mate yourself with this type of person. Yeah, we could just go right, right through it, right? Because when you're doing that, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna get spirits from the world, right? But world spirits are not permanent spirits, right? No spirit is permanent, but it's not permanent. So then there'll come a time when you're like, man, this isn't really doing it or the spirit of excitement that I had around that I no longer have 
I used to get very excited about Cadillacs. I, I, I love, I love the Yak. You know, right? Cadillacs were and I, every different model, and you know, and different ones. I used to lust over man Fleetwood and Fre- Fleetwood Broham, and woo, 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 woo. and then you get to a point where that spirit starts starts to die. You know, because it may not. You, your soul has passed through that gateway, and your soul is is now moving for something else. So. Then you might start getting excited about something else. I find myself now getting more excited about boats and pickup trucks than Cadillacs and, and, and German cars because I think about the, the, the utility of a boat or the utility of a pickup truck in terms of where my soul has led me, right? So those spirits die and new ones come. But again, that's all world stuff. And then it comes a point where I'm just going to use this side and this side, right? You know, and then you, then you start getting messages of inspiration from the soul. Right. And those start that starts to implant and graft a different kind of spirit. And it's almost like the grafting process of, of, of Yakub and and, you know, where it's like I'm taking the, the, the rubinoid or I'm taking the red gene with the yellow gene and the brown gene and the black gene and trying to graft out the ebonoid and, and arrive at the albinoid. You know, so you're grafting different things in and then there's a time where you have to graft those things out. Right. So. um Sometimes those those aspirations, you know, there's a guilt behind not wanting them anymore. Shouldn't I want this? Shouldn't I want this type of home or, you know, these type of clothes or these type of shoes and they, whatever. And everybody has their thing, you know, because some might say, well, I never wanted those. Okay, you wanted something. <laughs> you know, there's always something, right? Um, and then you get to that point where it's like, well, what, what's, what you talking about? So, <laughs> you know, because like I said, usually that depression will will kick in. Just like the little boy I spoke about in the beginning playing the organ, there may come a point where he's like, I, I don't want to do this. You know, but you're such a talented organist. I don't want to do it. You know, and he might find himself doing something completely different because right now he plays and it, I'm sure it feels awesome to, to get all the accolades and the chair from adults and wow, and you're incredible and this, that, that. And he's in church and all the little girls probably like him. You know, um, and then that that spirit will last for a time and then there'll be time another spirit will begin to be grafted in by the soul right so sometimes at that point and at that intersection um, we go through a very scary time and and like I said we don't embrace with glee some of the emotional um, compass gauge changes that are coming in where that compass is saying this is what it is now Right. And, you know, there's a there's a time I had spoke about in a recent video about leadership or teachers or Jagna or chiefs. There's a time when we have to be sensitive to the life of the community. Right. So just like the community, just like a, an individual goes to a horoscope scope or a horoscope. The Haru scope is the sun going up and down. It's the horizon or the Haru, the scoping of your life. Just like an individual goes through something like that, so does a community, so does an institution, because the institution is like its own person, whether it's legally registered as that or spiritually registered as that, it's its own institution, right? So it also has different different halves of its life. It may have a a first half, it may have a second half, you know, but it has different halves that it goes through that have to be or should be acknowledged and recognized, right? 
So with that being said, you know, even as an instructor or as a leader, you have to know when um, to inject or to inspire a different kind of spirit into the people based on what the institution is now going through, right? So that requires that pruning that we spoke about because sometimes the food that you're giving doesn't work anymore. You know, a great example of that is the honorable, most honorable Elijah Muhammad, right? Brilliant, brilliant mind. I mean, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant mind. Um, there was a, he knew what the people needed when they needed it and how to give it to them. Point blank. That, I mean, if there was ever a better example of knowing what the people need and when and how. Now, of course, we can look at Marcus Garvey and say, you know, well, Elijah, basically the whole FOI uniform, everything is the same thing as, you know, Marcus Garvey. Yeah, he took, yeah, yeah, there's going to be a lot that you're going to graft in when you're starting an organization. Um, like I said, these are Brother Victor Boussoulet's and Brother Logan Scott's Baba piece, right? But they put it on a t-shirt. They didn't invent the t-shirt, <laughs> but they grafted their, their idea and they're moving on to a t-shirt, you know, because t-shirts are cheap to reproduce and they easy to fit and you know it's like a custom suit um, so he's an excellent example and at the time when he was uh, building the nation of Islam what he knew was that the people needed shock therapy you needed to, he needed to hear straight up like they needed he need, they needed some very hard hitting stuff that was what? what? because they were so much in a stupor but they were in those stages of, of sleep where they could still be woken up like I said, with our new life, we don't do that. We don't wake anybody up. If you get awakened by something we gave, cool, but that's not our, our aim. Our aim is to minister to those who are already on the path and moving, right? That's just the sensitivity that we have to the dispensation that we're in. But again, for Elijah, it was like, get up, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up, black man, wake up, black woman. So there were certain things that would be said, you know, in that alarm clock fashion that would, white man's the devil. What? It goes on monetization again. <laughs> there ain't gonna be no commercials on this one. Uh, but you know, when he would say something like that, and at that time when people would hear it, what did he just say? You know, these Negroes crazy. <laughs> you know, so but it, it it gave people an opportunity to now kind of wake up and see what was happening, right? And of course, other things, conversations about eating a hog. You know, him saying, "Man, it's one part cat, one part dog, one part rat." What? You know. And all that stuff would just like, you know, um, to a large degree, um, Dr. Malachi Z. York had some of that as well, right? But I'd say definitely Elijah was the, you know, that awakener. And there's a time for that, right? And then there's a time where, okay, we're awake now. Now really tell me the science of what you just said. Is he really the devil? The devil? You know, um, because... For us and I knew, we teach, you know, we recognize, let's say, let's take the mythology of, let us make, the Elohim said, let us make man in our image, male and female, he created them both, right? So, with that being said, we recognize that we have the potential to manifest devilish traits or godly traits. So, if the creator said, let us make man in our image, and the creator is spirit, or the creatrix is spirit, and it says those are spirit, and those that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth, then that would that would 
lead to the possible conclusion that um, the creator and the devil are one. Now, I didn't say Lucifer. I didn't say Satan. That's some other people. The devil. The creator and the devil are one. If we if we have the potential for both within us, then and we're made in the image and in the likeness of something else, then that something else must also have that potential, right? So maybe our understanding of what God and devil is needs to be re-scrambled so we can truly understand what we're talking about when we say it, right? So that's something different. That's that's a different idea, right? But that maybe that goes a little bit more into the science of what's being said. Now, it doesn't negate what Elijah Muhammad said, not one iota. But you just have to understand what the grafting process really is. You have to truly understand you know, with that walk across the desert to the caves of Europe really represented, right? It really was. And General Monk Monk coming in and, and slicing those necks, you know. One maybe one day I'll do a I'll do a, a segment about General Monk Monk. But um so, you know, there comes that time when you have to kinda know how to reposition and reshape what it is that you're saying to make sure that people are still given the good food that they need for this leg of the journey. You know, um, if we're walking through the desert, then primarily we need water. And like I said, sometimes there's too much shaming that goes on. Like, even it's a term that people use, like, oh, you thirsty. You thirsty. And, you know, when you're thirsty and you don't know you're thirsty, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a phase that's close to dying. When you're thirsty and you still have a thirst that you can feel, your body is letting you know something. I need something to, to live. So if a, if a person is listening to what I'm saying, let's say a woman is listening to me or a woman is listening to her husband or her mate or, or a man because she's thirsty for knowledge, there's nothing wrong with that. That's good that she's able to be thirsty and recognize that I'm thirsty. Just like when you're going through depression and you can feel, man, I'm depressed. I don't, I don't feel like myself. I don't, even feel like washing my behind. I don't feel like doing this. I don't feel like doing. I don't want to do nothing. That's good that you can still that you still have that sensitivity to that. So it's the same thing with thirst. When someone is thirsty, I'm thirsty. <laughs> now it's the thing, but I'm thirsty, but I'm also tuned into my soul. So I won't just drink anything. Because sometimes when we're thirsty or we're really hungry, they just give it to me. See, like for me, I'll die before I eat pork. Straight up, I'll die before I eat pork. You put a you, I'm dying and uh, and I could have my children on me. Ah, Baba, we need you, we need you. And they put a, a big pig in front of me with a you know with a apple in his mouth. And I'm just gonna look around at everybody. Look at me, look at me. I love you. Look at me. I love you. <laughs> I just die, and I go to eat. I love you. I love you. I love you. Look, hey, I love you. But I'll just die. I'm not eating it. Right? Um, so even though I just eat the apple, huh? Touch not the unclean thing. I'm not touching it. Why would I eat something after a pig? It was in the pig's mouth. I'm not touching it. I'm not even eating the garnishment that's on the on the on the tray. I'm not eating none of it. Nope. I don't want it. You know? Um who knows who's testing you in that moment, who's testing the resolve of your commitment to what you say you're faithful to? You know, when it really comes down to it, are you really about what you're talking about? Really, 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 really? Right? 
So, um, I say that to say, right? So, you you go through those different experiences where you have to kind of um, make certain decisions and you have to kind of make a, a certain, you know, request to yourself as far as humility when you're hungry, when you're thirsty, say, yeah, man, I'm thirsting for this. I'm, I'm hungry for this. And there's nothing wrong with it. That's nothing to be ashamed of, you know, because if you can recognize you're thirsty and you know where to get some good water, go drink the freaking water. Don't worry about what anybody has to say. See, that's when you're still having conversations with the world. But when you're having conversations with your soul, it's like the soul, just go over there and drink. Don't worry about them. They're probably going to die from the coronavirus anyway. You go over there and drink. You be obedient. You know what a good man is? Sound random, right? It's not a random question. You know what a good man is? Not one who's good with his hands, who's big and strong, uh, who's got an eighteen-inch phallus, you know, um, or who loves your kids like they was his. A good man. Yeah, you turn in your app. Yep, that's what it was. We had opened it up for a couple of days. Uh, Malachi for the people who weren't able to get through. You had missed the original deadline. That's what it was. Um, but we're going to close it again because it was supposed to be closed by April 1st. But I think I extended it to... I have to check with my assistant. I don't remember. But I extended it maybe into like the first strong of April. I think this is it. So, But you, you're in, so you're good. Um, a good man is one who listens to the originator. And I'm not talking about Jazzo and Jay-Z. I'm talking about the originator of life, or what's, who some would call the creator, or Oludumare, although there's a presence before Oludumare, or Yah, you know, um, or the Elohim. Uh, that's a good man, the one who listens. Not, not the strongest, or the most handsome, or the, the most whatever. <laughs> I don't know all the list for what qualifies. And the same thing goes for a woman. What makes a good woman? I'm going to tell you. It's real simple. Is one who listens to the creator. Now, then we have to say she's listening to the creator and the creator tells her to listen to a man. Uh, I don't know about that, right? <laughs> then it changes the game. But, you know, again, for those of you who are still resistant to that at this point, just go over there with the coronavirus people, you know, because um, that's the ones that's getting torn up and pruned and cut and trimmed and broken from the land right now. And those who are listening and who are humble and have ears to listen and eyes to see and a mind to understand and they're not trapped in triple stage darkness of being deaf, dumb and blind. Those are the ones that are going to make it through to the next point who are seeing Obatala's chain drop and grabbing it. And I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> Wait for me! No, no, no. I've been waiting. No, I've been trying to tell you this. No, you know. Uh, hey, man, like I said, I knew I knew. Preached for 120 years before the waters came. And some of you know him as Noah. But in ancient civilization, we knew that. That's an old story. That ain't just happened. Yeah, that's an old story. We knew him as Nu or Noon. And new itself 
you know, represents a, a sailor. You know, uh, that's why you have in 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 um, Medu. You know that I don't want to get on to that. anyway. That's a, I'm not going to give you a Medu lesson. But New preached for 120 years. People were laughing at him, and you know, <laughs> and he was just building that boat, building the boat, building the boat. And then when it was time for him to start bringing in the unclean and the clean animals, which that's very that's very important. I had a conversation with someone about that recently. Christian was was talking to me about. He was like, "So you don't even know me, right?" You say, yo, I don't believe you eat something because, you know, most vegetarians, I see, they're real small. And I'm like, yeah, well, you could be overweight and be a vegetarian. I can eat french fries every day if I want, you know. But um, he was like, yo, but if you pray over the food, it's, it's good. I said, yeah, you, you're right. That's cool, even though that's not really right. But, okay, I, I you know, I'll play with that for a second. So I was like, so then I said to him, I was like, so right now, if I, if I take this razor that's in my pocket and I take it out, and I, and I cut your, your hand off, and I fry it up. If I pray over it, I'm, I'm good money, right? And he's like, no, yo, you're talking crazy. What are you talking about? I'm like, I'm saying, though, but if I pray over my food, I'm good, right? Nah, but my hand is not food. Oh. Your hand is not food. Okay. So, I thought that anything that I could put in my mouth was food. Nah, nah, see, I'm seeing that now you're talking crazy. I said, so wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So it, it sounds to me that you're saying that any animal, anything that has a butt and a digestive system and has a face, if I can catch it and eat it, as long as I pray over it, I'm good. So he's like, yeah, kind of. So then I said, well, what about the unclean thing? I thought there was a distinction between the unclean animal and the clean animal. Because it sounds like we're making the assumption that everything is food. Right? And then that's when we were able to have a different conversation and go into some more some more sanity. So, you know, if anybody ever bothers you about that, if you eat different and they say you just got to pray over it, yeah, that is true, but you're not supposed to be eating. Everything is in food. Just because you can capture it and pounce on it and, and jump on it, it doesn't mean <laughs> that it's food. It, you know, there's a lot of things you can put in your mouth, man. And that's, um, there's a lot of things we intertwine with and we graft ourselves in, in through our diets and through our relationships. Like, even when you look at that book, this is, there's a part where it says that when, you know, the Elohim said it's not good for Adam to be alone. You know, let us make a suitable, suitable mate. That's a key word, suitable mate. Not just a mate. Not just anybody, a suitable one. What does that mean? Well, we could have just brought a sheep into the garden. He could just start humping on a sheep. And he wouldn't feel alone. Let's give him a dog. Let's give him a cat. No, we're going to give him something that is specifically designed for him. So that it does not taint and adulterate his spiritual or genetic makeup. But instead will enhance it and comfort it. Suitable is a key one there, man. I'm telling you, one day maybe I'll, I'll get into that lesson. But, you know, there's a nature in all of us that we can easily fall into perversion. So, yeah, like, huh, I can tell you some story. Now I ain't going to tell you that story. Um, now I'm going to tell you this story. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Heck with it. You know, I might, I might die tomorrow. So, 
there was a guy I knew when I was in a certain situation years ago, and we used to be in a situation where we order. There were no women around that we could be with, and he would all, always order tuna fish all the time, right? So one day I asked him. I was like, "Yo, why are you always ordering? You don't like nothing else. You always ordering tuna fish, right?" So <laughs> tuna fish and shaving cream, right? So one day uh, I go by his room, we'll say. And I see him in there masturbating with the shaving cream and smelling the tuna fish and masturbating. <laughs> Crazy, right? You know, the things I've seen in my life. Um, so that's the nature of, of man. Like, we'll do crazy stuff like that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So... Obviously, the person who designed and created you was like, man, let me get him a woman who's suitable for him before he starts humping on the watermelons in the garden, right? So, you know, a lot of times we do things just because we can. And, uh, man, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, my mind is, I'm going back. This is a long time ago now. Like I said, I wasn't always Chief you, yeah. But, um, Imagine, imagine seeing something like that. <laughs> y'all are hearing it, and y'all are like, OMG, in the chat. I saw it. <laughs> Sitting there with the can. With the can. <laughs> oh, man. That's when I know I was chosen to do something important in life. <laughs> I know I was chosen to do something important in life, man. Because the stuff that I've seen, like you, that could have been the end right there. Like you know what? I could have looked at that and been like, "There is no God." Because what would create something like that? There's no God. I'm done. You know. But uh, you get through it, and you go on to the next one. <laughs> you go on to the next adventure, right? So, um, like I'm saying. There's that season and that's time when, when we're looking for things that are suitable for us and suitable for our nature and suitable for our makeup. And when and we can participate in things that <laughs> certain stuff can be sandblasted into your brain that you'd never forget. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're so right about that, Antonio. Man, you're so right. So he liked fish. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Something like that. <laughs> You know, something like that. Desperate times call for desperate measures, I suppose. Um, I, <laughs> I, I've never done anything like that. I mean, because if it smells like tuna fish, you know, I'm not a big fan of tuna fish, you know. But, uh, you know, everybody has their own experience. Maybe his somatic experience was more tuna fish based, you know. But anyway, so... Um, Yeah, it was hard time. Fiona, that's real hard times. It was hard time. Yeah. Um, but we get through. We get through. You know? Um, so, yeah, you, you, you recognize that there's a time for suitability, for things that are suitable and amenable to your spirit and to your nature. And you're able to start to graft 
and bring those things in, you know, and that goes for sometimes our family and our lives. And um, he said, I guess this video is the reason you had to see it. That's a good point. Uh, that's a good point. It may be. I mean, everything adds up into into everything. You know, uh, I give you a great example. Uh, I was in meditation earlier and I, I had an image that flashed through my head that really had a emotional effect on me. And it was many, many years ago. I was a, I was a little boy. And I remember uh, I was at the beach with uh, my mother and um, my brothers. Or my bro no, I think it was just one of my brothers. I don't remember. And um, my bottom line, my brother got lost. My little brother got lost. Right, and you know we were kind of playing in the sand. We were at the beach and we were playing. And I guess you know how sometimes like your your guardian will be in a straight line from right where you run into the water, but then you start easing over. <laughs> you know, they see you know you look and they're all the way over there. I think it was one of those kind of situations. But bottom line, he was lost. We couldn't find him, and I I went to berserk. I set off running, and I was probably about maybe eight, seven, eight years old, something like that. And, um, you know, I just, I picked up a stick, like, because it was, there's the, there's the beach, and there's like a railing, there's a little boardwalk, and then there's like a park. So I went by the park, and I grabbed the stick. I don't know why, but I'm just thinking, like, if somebody kidnapped my little brother, like, I'm, I'm going to beat him with this stick, and then I'll get my brother, you know, so... I just ran. Now, this could have been two children <laughs> lost at this point because I took off. Boom. I wasn't here. I couldn't hear. It was just white noise in my ear, and I'm just running up the boardwalk, like, just, just looking, looking, right? So then, at the end of the boardwalk, there was, like, a little um, police-like station, right? So, I, I don't know what made me go in there, but I, I ran up in there because I'm just looking in every, like, I'm even looking at the little hot dog stands and stuff. And I run in there, and he's sitting in there in a the chair crying. And the image of him sitting there crying, like, talk about things stained in your brain. It was just, let me see. And I must be my eight. Yeah, I'm <laughs> But I just remember him sitting there, and he's dry, salty tears on his face, and he's still crying. And I just, I just ran up in there, and I grabbed him. <laughs> And he was like, whoa, whoa, wait, wait. And I'm like ready to hit the cop with the stick. I never forget this. And he was like, hold on. Like, he was like, don't let me. And I remember the guy, he was like, he had this big mustache. One of the mustaches, this is back in the days. Came down like this. <laughs> and he was like, don't beat me with the stick now. Come on. <laughs> and, I, and I had the stick like, yo, I'm taking my little brother. I'm getting out of here. And, <laughs> and it was the whole thing. And I was able to go back and get my mother. And, and you know, well, they went, they went up together and brought us up and everything but um i just remember that little boy in that chair and i was meditating earlier and i mean it's a long long time we're all old and grown now you know but i just i i just remember that little boy and i was hurting for that little boy just think man sitting in there lost probably not knowing what's going on and yes children are highly adaptable you throw a lot of situations at children especially very young children and they get through it but um we never forget how we felt in a moment. And those feelings become accumulative over the years. So you may not, I may tell him that story, he don't even remember everything. Right? He might be like, yeah, I kind of remember, because, you know, 
but in him is the pain of that moment and I could even me as a little child I could see that that like you know like what's what's happening to me <laughs> you know that that moment but um you know and for me I just remember like I'm gonna kill somebody <laughs> like you know, I was about seven, eight years old. I just remember feeling like today is the day I'm going to kill somebody. Like, I know somebody didn't take my little brother. I'm going to kill somebody. Like, and because we were playing together, too. So I kind of felt like he's, he's my, like he's my son. Like, it's my baby. <laughs> you know, somebody took my baby. I'm going to kill somebody up by it, you know. But um, so, you you know, yeah, you do get those stains, right? And they, they accumulate and they add up to where we are today in our life, which is a beautiful thing. And like I said, whatever we was doing that got him lost was wrong. You know what I mean? And just like my mother was distracted, my mother and my aunties, they was they was over there blowing it back, you know, and was <laughs> was distracted. And we was probably doing something we shouldn't have been doing, you know, throwing rocks or throwing sand on people or something stupid. But like I said, that first half of your life is all a bunch of mistakes, you know. And, yeah, if I would have hit that cop with that stick, that would have been a mistake. Because back then, you could hit kids. It wasn't really like, you know, it wasn't. He could have beat me. He could have pulled out his nightstick and hit me. It wouldn't. Ain't nobody showing up, you know, to, like, march or nothing for me. But, um, you know, so you, you, you come to that point where you recognize those experiences, rec- recognize what's needed, what's not needed, and you start to urge things out and urge things away. And even, you know, now, all the things that are happening right now, it's such a beautiful time for for that renewing, for that starting over. And I know a lot of people are waiting for things to go back to normal. And it, it <laughs> whatever normal was for you, because I, I, I didn't even grow up in what I would consider to be a normal world for what I, what I conceptualize as being normal, you know, so... Going back to things going back to the way they were, no, that's that's never going to happen again. The world is forever changed. It's a global thing, right? Um, and it's an opportunity for you to pivot. You know, now whether your pivot is, man, I'm gonna buy a bunch of stock, buy a bunch, of, you know, and when it jumps back up, I'm gonna make a bunch of bread. Whether it's that or it's I'm going to put a whole lot of investment in stock into myself. You know, so when things start to shift around and I can go back outside again. I can make totally different kind of moves. But the thing is, what's required is there's always that time where you have to do that pruning and that weeding. And sometimes it's even of images like that, or you pay attention to why is that image still there? Why do I still think about that? That was so long ago. That was so long ago. We didn't even have fax machines when that happened. We didn't have cordless phones. We, there was a lot of people I knew didn't even have TVs. <laughs> Um, you know, we still have black and white TVs when that happened. And I'm still thinking about it, you know. So you start to think about why is that? What is it? Does it need to be pruned or is it a part of the fertilizer that's needed to grow the mine where the agriculture, the cultivation, the culture is actually happening, right? Um, so, you know, removing the bitter is important because you have to look at sometimes You'll grow something. And, I, and I'm going to give you an example. Um, you know, I've said before that, you know, yes, I do teach a lot of um, what you would call occult information or Arisha information. And um, not just Arisha, but just different indigenous systems and things like that. And then sometimes 
you know, I have to remind people, like, I don't, I don't personally study what I teach. The things that I'm teaching, I've known for going over 30, maybe 30, 20, 30 years now. So this is, this is my old information that I'm giving to you and kind of flushing it out to, to a degree. But I study a lot of different things that probably a lot of people wouldn't be interested in. It's it's just not it's not as exotic. It's probably it's not as interesting, you know, as some of the um, things that people like about Orisha studies or indigenous studies. Right. So um, I'm going to give you uh, something that was kind of when I was in meditation, something I was thinking about. And I'm going to I'm going to read just a little bit of it. Peace, peace, Baba Randy. Peace. Oh, let me, I haven't even checked. Let me go through, scan through this. Well, I'll come back to I'll come back to... Um, so, I'm sorry. I was looking at, at the comments real quick. But, um, yeah, there was something that was kind of on my mind from earlier. And, um... It was a, it was a, a scripture. Let's see if I can find it. Yeah, well, not really a scripture, but like a like an idea, right? Um, and I remembered the book, but um, so one of the books that I I like to read uh, in conjunction to all the other ones I read that I've never told you guys about is the Book of Mormon. Uh, and and I thought about one day doing a segment on the Book of Mormon, but I was like, I ain't in the mood for the stupidity. <laughs> I'm just because sometimes even when I quote out of the Helios Biblios, people are like, "Oh yeah, Chief, I still still see you stuck on that Christianity." No, I'm not a Christian. I'm not stuck on Christianity. I'm not stuck on anything. And if you think that the Bible is a book for Christians, then you the one that's stuck. <laughs> If you think the Bible has anything to do with Christianity, you got a you got a long way to go. You got you got a journey in front of you, uh, or the Book of More, 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 <laughs> Mun, uh, which was imparted by the angel More, More, Moriah. <laughs> If that's what you think, that the book of Mormons has nothing to do with me, that was given by the angel Moriah, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. So, but I was thinking about, um, when when I was in meditation, I had some flashes. I was thinking about the book of Yaqub, or as many would say, the book of Jacob. And I think it's around the fifth chapter. I kind of wrote the notes um, when I got up. But like the fifth chapter of Jacob. But it, it, it might not be. And of course you may not be familiar with the book of Jacob. If you don't read the book of Mormons. But um, There's a part where he's talking. Basically it's a story about a farmer who has a vineyard. And he has an olive tree. And he's going. It's, 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 a, it's a long. Very long chapter. But he's going, he's going through all these different experiences. That he has with the, the, between his servants and himself in this in this olive tree, right? 
And one of the things that, that he says is, um, what did I write here? He was talking about grafting, right? Because basically, um, they were planting the tree, and then the tree was, was kind of having some issues. So they were like, yo, take some of the wild branches and graft them on to the tree, right? And to me, that's where it kind of got interesting. When it, If you talk about wild or you talk about grafting, those two things, right, you know you're about to be in for a good story, Right? And um, one of the things he said, like in, let's see, 518, yeah, wild branches grafted into tame roots bring forth tame fruit. Wild branches grafted into tame fruit, tame, I'm sorry, wild branches grafted into tame roots bring forth tame fruit, right? So, you know, you think about that idea there for a second. You know, when we talk about revolutionary activity or moving out of a system or the destruction of a system. And sometimes we're like, man, well, why hasn't it happened yet? We've had so many genius minds that have come forth that have given us certain answers and have given us certain insight and, and certain things that, you know, we've been struggling against as far as concept for so long. Why, why hasn't it really popped yet? And one of the things that I've always seen for me personally, and this is my own personal perspective, is that. A lot of times we get really caught up in integration and we get really caught up in reformation of systems that need to be decimated because how can you really truly see the danger and the, call and, and the harm of them until they're truly decimated? A lot of times we're so frustrated and upset about what we see going on in the melanoid community or we see going on in the world, but how could you really truly see it needs to be done away with until it falls into its, its deepest and darkest levels of depravity? You know, until that happens, you'll still be rooting. You'll still be rooting for it. Oh, it's going to come back. It could just like America. Until America completely, I mean, it's collapsed. But until it completely collapses, you still will be having that hope. Once I get that check, I'm going to do, and I'm going to do this, and that, and all these different moves you're going to make. Because you're still in your mind thinking that this thing is going to come back. Because it hasn't been decimated enough for you to see that it's cursed. And it's not something you should want to come back. And I'm just saying not. I'm just saying that about a lot of different things. All right. So uh, sometimes it's a relationship, you know. Um, and until you see the worst of it, you won't be fine with it having to be rebuilt. So until something is burnt down and destroyed, a lot of times we don't recognize what needs to happen. So we're still grafting the wildness or the freeness, the the free thinking that we have. We're grafting it into that which has already been confined and tamed. And then as a result, what we produce, thinking that we're going to produce something revolutionary because one of us is present, we produce something tame. And I tell that to people or worldly, to people all the time who they get into these relationships and they have children and they say, well, I'm conscious. And I figure maybe the children will take after my example. Well, your example is that you compromise. And so you can't be that smart. You can't be that comp that conscious if you made it yourself with someone who's unconscious. But aside from that, the children are going to come out to be unconscious. Because, again, if you take the wild thing or the free thing and you graft it into roots that are tamed, manicured, enslaved, then the fruits will be enslaved as well, automatically, right? So that's the first part. And, and like I said, it's a long chapter, but 
I was just writing down different notes I remember from the chapter, chapter. Like, right, yeah, when they started really, like, taking them up, when he was like, branches that have not brought forth good fruit shall be cast into fire, right? So it's your opportunity to sometimes look at, like I said, when you start having conversations with your soul, to look and say, well, man, wh- what have I been doing all this time that's not been productive? You know, that I just do because I feel like I should keep doing it. I'll give you an example. There's a, there's a, uh, a brother I, I used to buy my alkaline water from. And um, he he ran a store. Where is that? What was out there? Union City. He's out in New Jersey. I think it was Union City. But um, I, I liked going there because he was a Cuban brother. And every time I would go there, from the first time I went there, he remembered my name. And I was like, man, this guy is good at sales. He has a technique, but I'm like, that's good. You remember Haru? Like, and every time I walk in, Haru! You know, I'm like, wow. So I started going there because I was like, I just, I respect his, you know, his, his sales acumen. And, and then we would always talk about Cuba and stuff. So I always like enjoyed, you know, talking about Cuba with him. But um, what they, what, when he was feeling, because, you know, um, you know, my family is pretty sizable. So I always bought like a lot of jugs at once. Right. So he would help me bring them out to the car. Like we load them up on a hand card and bring them and everything. And um, <laughs> one day we're talking. And he was like, yeah, man, you buy You buy a lot of this water. You know, and you know, I didn't tell him all my business. I was like, Yeah, it's got a lot of people in my house. And um, he said, Yeah, man. He said, Well, I tell you, this thing doesn't do a thing for me. He's like, I drink this stuff every day. <laughs> and I was like, What do you mean? He's like, It does nothing. He's like, For, for me, it does nothing. He was like, But I, I keep drinking it. I just drink it every day. <laughs> and that didn't stop me from buying it. But um, it was just, you know, that's just an example. Sometimes we're doing something, doing something, doing something. And eventually I did stop drinking alkaline water because I found I, I, I just enjoy spring water more or volcanic water. I like water with some life to it. That whole distilled and then re-alkalizing. I'm always thirsty when I drink. So, um, But sometimes you got to look at, again, what you're investing in consistently and then what's not bringing forth fruit. And then those branches or those, those attributes of your life that are not bringing forth fruit... Don't be afraid to cast them into the fire, right? So that's a level of getting rid of or of pruning when you get into that second part of your life, if you will. Sometimes it happens in the first. And you're having conversations with your soul, and the soul is like, I don't want that. I don't want that. I, don't, I never want that. I never liked him. I never liked her. You know, and it's going through all of it. And it's like all of these different things that you're doing, that you're putting all this effort and energy into, they're not, they're not producing anything. They're not bringing forth anything. And most importantly, they're not getting you any closer to the goal of what you actually set out for because you lost sight of the vision. And a lot of times, many of us, we get into certain revolutionary activity or freedom activity, and we have no context of what freedom or revolution is supposed to look like. We just keep fighting for the sake of fighting or keep defying for the sake of defying with no actual visionary path in front of us of where this where is this leading to? Where is this going to go? Right? So... There was, was another one that it was an important one, I should say. Where did I put it? I'm always I'm always writing all these notes here. I wrote a bunch, but I because I was gonna share something else. This is really for me, <laughs> so I'm looking for the part that I that I um, captured. But um, let's see, maybe it's here. It's really my own notes, right? 
where where there's a part where it says the fruit of tree of the fruit of tree of, of life is the most precious and desirable above all other fruit. Right? You know, and I've been thinking I mean we're talking about food and olives and things, but I've been thinking a lot about how people have been going crazy over food. Like how much control has been happening over food and their fear of not being able to eat. And it just reminds me of like it's in some mythologies that's how people fell in the beginning over what they wanted to put in their mouth over food and how easy it is to control people's behavior over food but the fruit of the tree of life is most desirable over all fruit is it though you know but like what are you really hungry and thirsty for it goes back to are you thirsty for the living water are you hungry for the tree of life the fruit from the tree of life or is it like just give me any old bitter rotten whatever I just want something in my mouth right um so are you satiating yourself or fulfilling yourself? The fulfillment, you can fulfill the soul's path or you can satiate the mind. And satiate comes from satisfy, which comes from Saturn or Satan, right? So that idea of materialism or Satan or set or to satisfy is, is again, it deals with the body, it deals with the material reality, which can never be satisfied. You always want more, you know? Or, you know, just give me 20 minutes. I told you, I'll you, be right back. I'm going to get some more of that. You know, so it's it's never really fully satisfied, right? Um, and then there's a there's another part. Uh, wild branches overcome tame branches, so that the corrupted tree brings forth no good fruit. Now that's the concept there again, and that's Jacob fifth chapter of the Book of Mormon, um, where it's talking about when you're grafting in the wild. See now again, my perception of wild is different, right? So when I translate this a little different, but again, it's still the same concept that um, if you if you if you graft it into it and you don't graft it into the roots, then it will corrupt the entire tree. Right? So there's a there's a concept there that certain things have to be brought in from the root and that deals with your motive your motivation and your intention for why you're being there to begin with. Some people will join an experience. It could be a family, it could be an organization, it could be a business. Um, and that's what I say that's that first half where your heart really isn't in it because your soul ain't in it. So you actually be a corrupt you become a corruptive interjection into that experience because you have a different idea, a different agenda, or your soul is kind of pulling you in a in a different direction. And though it may seem noble because it's from the soul, but you end up compromising the integrity of what was there before. Then there's another piece, and, and this is the most important one, the one I was thinking about. Jacob 5.65, branches bringing forth bitter fruit shall be cleared away, right? That's the key one right there. Branches, because that's the one that kept coming to me, Yakub, Yakub 5.65. Branches bringing forth bitter fruit shall be cleared away. Why not clear the fruit away and leave the branch? But you're clearing away the whole branch because you're recognizing that these are the branches that you grafted onto the tree. And now they have to be ungrafted. And like I said, it brings brings you back to General Monk Monk, chopping those heads. As soon as they tried to cross that cross that border, when they were coming through on all fours, trying to cross that border, and General Monk Monk would take out that sword and chop chop the heads off. You know. Another another time we'll talk about General Monk Monk. Um but but, you know, it comes to that point where you have to have that, that really vigilant, almost militaristic um, kind of, you know, uh, reference setting and standard setting where you're like chopping the head, you're chopping where it thinks off 
of those things that may come in to corrupt where it is that your soul is lead, leading you on the second part. I know a lot of people right now are having those moments, those soul moments, where they're like, man, a lot of men, I hope, are saying, I don't like being this vulnerable. My job just sent me home. And I, I'm counting how much money I got in the bank. I don't know if that's really going to be there. They're going to take all the money. Let me go take all my money out. But is this money going to be worth anything? Like, am I going to go to try to buy with this thing? Like, nah, you can't buy. You can't get nothing with that. You know, that's not worth anything anymore. Man, that's such a vulnerable place to be in. You know, and I'm just sitting here watching the news and, you know, reading Twitter reports like everybody else and really can't take control of what needs to be taken control of for my family. You know, um, what am I doing right now that's producing bitter, for, bitter fruit that's corrupting my whole system and my whole way of thinking and being that would actually keep myself and my family protected? Maybe now's the time that I really look at that with a certain level of sobriety and seriousness. You know, um, I know a lot of people are going through that right now. They got to be going through that right now. You know, man, I didn't prepare. What was I doing all this time? What was I invested in all this time? A whole bunch of distraction. A whole bunch of distraction. That's what you were invested in all this time. You know, um, and some still are. I got some talking about, well, how we get that check? How you get that check? How you get that check? <laughs> That's all you thinking about? How you get a little punk thousand dollar check? That ain't nothing. And if you make it any kind of real money, you can't get the check anyway. So who's the check really for? And then what? Ah, I don't want this. So anyway, um, yeah, anyway. So yeah, that whole idea of clearing away uh, the bitter fruit or the bitter branches, the branches that produce have produced bitter fruit, and of course, bitter fruit is unusable. What are the things now when we talk about that word essential has been going around so much? I think it's important to pay attention to. What's essential right now? Right? What, what's essential? Um, and what really will produce good fruit for you right now? And what are you looking around, you know, at your home or whatever and say, man, this, isn't, this ain't worth nothing. This ain't producing nothing. That ain't producing nothing. You know, years ago when I had my barbershop, I remember I had this old vending machine in there, right? And um, I had read Donald Trump's book. Was it then? Or before? I don't know. It might have been then or before. The book... I, but I read some on Donald Trump. I, I, I think it was his book. It was, his book came out around 90, 91. Might have been early before that. But anyway, I want to get off on that. But he has spoke about, you know, how you govern um, retail space. And he was, talking, he was talking about a hotel, like a hotel lobby. And how every single square inch is accounted for. And that every single square inch of that space should be making you money, right? So I remember I'm looking at this old vending machine that this, this, this brother had bought by a while ago. And he's supposed to come and collect the money from it. And we still split it 50-50. And it was like, there were newer machines out at that point. Now, we still, we talking about way back in the day. So we still, we talking about a heavy metal machine that took only, I think, quarters. <laughs> or, you know, only dimes or something. You know, we couldn't even mix up the, the thing. Um, and, then I, and then I had newer machines at that point because my shop was huge. So I had video games. I had a pool table in the shop and then I also had other vending machines, right? So I'm like, well this one is there and I and one of my old head bar barbers was like, man, you need to throw that thing up, man. You need to throw that thing up. 
And I'm like, um, you know, nah, man. He like he brought it by. Like I'm not gonna like he hadn't been in a while though. Like I hadn't seen him in like probably like four months, right? And of course, everyone's going to the other one because it's easier to use. And he's like, man, that's spoiled. That 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 soda in there probably spoiled. And I'm like, I don't know about that. I don't think soda could spoil. You know, I remember he used to like. This was almost every day, and I remember every Friday because I used to, they used to have to pay me rent on Friday. When he'd be handing over his rent, he'd be complaining. Like every every rent Friday, old head would complain every Friday. Like whether it was the paint, the AC isn't getting the place cool enough, and my customers are sweating. It's too cold in here. Uh, Y'all keep playing that that reggae music. My customers don't want to hear all that reggae. You know, it was always something with him. So, you know, I was just like, um, all right, just keep my money. <laughs> my money's, you know. Um, but, you know, um, and then meanwhile, he come and bring in, like, BLTs. His wife would pack them every morning. I'd be like, man, eat that outside. This plastic chair, sit in front of the shop. You got to eat. That was his phrase. Also, you got to eat. You got to eat. Eating bacon and, ugh, the smell. I'd be like, take that outside. Yo, I don't want, I, you can't have pork up here. But uh, anyway, so I eventually I threw the thing out, right? I'm like, and I felt bad when I did. I'm like, man, this thing got to go because this is taking up space. And this is space where I could put either a, a drying chair or I could put a, um, another video game. But space that I could use to actually produce some revenue. And it's just ugly. <laughs> and it's just sitting here. So we had dragged it outside, put it on the curb, and I gave... You know, my boy at the time was a garbage man. I gave him a little extra bread. I was like, yo, throw this up in there for me, man. You know, um, and the brother never came back, actually. So I don't even know what happened to him. So it wasn't even something I had to explain away. Um, but again, that idea of removing things that are non-productive in your life, that's where we're at. And that may mean people, you know, you might have to now take another look at your job. Is it really producing what I need for my purpose and my soul's path? You know, when I do life path readings with people, that's always like a big thing that comes up. That's like sometimes requires a little effort to work behind, work to work through. Sometimes they get a, they get some information. I say, well, this is what you were designed to do. This is what you were born to do. This, that, that, and the third. And then they get quiet. <laughs> it's always the same. They get quiet. And you can like feel, you can feel them fighting those demons, those worldly demons inside. And the soul is like, He's telling you, this is what I've been telling you, come on. And they're like, well, I mean, I've been, I've been a nurse all my life, you know. Or there's always something, I've been doing this all my life. Or would you want me just to, to, to leave my family? I don't know nobody over there when you're telling me I'm supposed to live. I, I don't. And all these different things come and they wrestle with it. And I never want to, like, try to sit there. And I, when I was younger doing this, yeah, I would, like, try to convince people. Like, no, listen, you can make it work. Now I'm just like, well, hey, do what you want. <laughs> you know, but you got the information, and now that you got the information and you got it point blank, the message is probably gonna come a lot harder next time. So just be prepared for something crazy. All right, but I told you, do what you want to, right? So that's that's where I am now. I wasn't always there, but um, that idea of now the soul is directing and saying, this is what works. This never worked. This never worked for you, right? Uh, New York City. I've been telling you forever. We sit on the subways, everybody looks miserable. Everybody looks miserable on the New York City subways. You never see anybody look chair. Even the people who are dancing and singing for money look miserable. Everybody's just sitting in their chair. 
Like that. They all got that same New York face on. Like that. That's the old Jamaican woman. <laughs> you know, everyone just, I don't want to be here. Right? And it's the further you get away from New York, the better you feel. New York City. Even if you go to upstate New York. You know, Westchester County. Dutchess County. You start getting up a little bit. You start feeling better. Um, but the further away you get, the better you feel. And then you go down south and people just seem a little, a little more cheerful. Right? So you kind of know that this doesn't really work for my disposition, but you stay wide because you still have old school dreams. You still got that, that Yankees fitted, and it's like, nah, you know, I'm, I'm New York. Okay, well, you be that. Look what's happening there right now. Why? Because it's, this, it's not only the vagina of the whore of Babylon, not only that, but on top of that, it's filled with so many people who are disobedient to their purpose because of the love of, of materialism. So many people have been told to leave that place, go here, go here, go there, go to the south, go to the woods, go to the mountains, get away from this place. This place is evil. They were told that 19 years ago when somebody threw some missiles into some buildings. And then they started coming out with songs and stuff. New York is strong. And then, okay, you, you still ain't listening, huh? And one of the things I said when that happened, I said, man, it'd be so easy for them to attack these subway systems, man. You know, and it, it it was around that time, maybe like, maybe less than a year, maybe a year after they bombed those buildings, that um, I got a job offer from Goldman Sachs, making really good money. And uh, this is when I was still in, I was still doing IT work, and uh, being an admin um, in in their IT department. But it was a really prestigious position, and it was a lot. Money. It was a lot of money. <laughs> even by today's standards, it was a lot of money. And I remember sitting, I didn't even want to go to the interview, first of all. I remember nervous walking into the interview because I'm like, I'm, I'm looking up in the skies. I'm like, because I was purposely avoiding that area for like a long time. Then I'm sitting in there and they're like, yeah, boom, boom, and you know, blah, 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 we'd love to have you on our team. And, and you know, and, I'm like, oh, beautiful building, beautiful lobby, it's Goldman Sachs. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I get back home, and I'm like, man, F that. I ain't working <laughs> You know, I actually went to the interview, but I'm like, I ain't working for them people, you know. Um, and I mean, shortly after, I ended up never, like, just leaving the corporate sector altogether. But I, I do remember that, and I was just like, this ain't worth it, man. They coming back. Something's coming back. This this is judgment, and I'm not gonna be in a. I'm not gonna, you know, face the karma of your judgment because I want to partake in your fruits, which are bitter anyway. Heck, no. So I was like, I'm not going back there, um, and I declined uh, the offer, <laughs> which was also very comical because then they had the nerve to up the offer twice. <laughs> so it was a lot of bread. A lot of, yeah, that was airplane money. <laughs> but um, nonetheless, my, my point is, again, you got to know which branches are bringing forth bitter fruit and which branches are bringing forth fruit of the tree of life, right? It's much different. It's much different, you know, and that tree of life, it brings your, your life to a place where you're expanding into your purpose and most importantly, you're recreating the ideas and the images of your creator. 
You know, just like marriage. Marriage ain't nothing but making God. It's making Elohim. It's, it's when that one half comes together with that other half and then they, they cleave and they become one, you know, and then they begin to extract from themselves to create an understanding, extract to create, and then that understanding repeats the process again. You know, all that is is the continuation of a deity's lineage, right? Um, and when you're eating from the from the right branches, and for us as leaders and chiefs and jagnas, because again, I will reiterate, I'm not a leader. I'm nobody's leader except for my family. So I'm thinking about my family, but I'm talking to all of y'all. So as for y'all, I'm a jagna, I'm a teacher, I'm a chief, I'm an educator. For my family, I'm the commander-in-chief. But... It's our job to not only make you eat your fruit <laughs> when you don't want to eat it, but also to cut the branches of the bitter fruit so you don't even have that option there anymore. You know, and now is your option, especially for those of you who are leading families, to kind of take a look at that. Like, you know, what am I exposing and keeping around my family that um, is producing bitter fruit, uh, which will eventually corrupt the entire tree, at least the tree that they create? Now is the time to look at it and say, you know, what do, what do our roots look like? You know, and what's trying to graft itself onto us in order to save itself? You see, because that was the, maybe one day I'll teach that, you know, the whole science of, of the genetic grafting. But, you know, um, what is trying to save itself, you know, um, and trying to extend its own life? And trying to keep itself from being judged, even if it if it knows it has to graft itself out of existence. But what is trying to come into into our space and needs to have its head cut off, you know, at the border? Do we have borders? Have we set up a perimeter around us as a family, or have we set up a, a perimeter as a community, or is it is wide open? And let me tell you, for those of you, those of you who have the information, have the knowledge. Be prepared to share it. You know, it's just like if you have food right now and you've been storing and doing right, I know your, your your first inclination may be to be like, man, forget everybody. I told y'all what to do. You didn't do it. Now you're screwed. And it's not going to be like that, man. You're going to have to share some of this stuff. Just like you're going to have to share some of this information um, because it was shared with you. And you might have to crack open a can of beans and give it to your neighbor and you know, you take care of your you, yourself first. You take care of yourself first. But you might have to say, hey, man, here, here, here. Or I got some extra cucumbers. You know, cucumbers grow like crazy. I got some extra cucumbers and zucchini in my in my, my garden, man. You do, use some of this. You won't have to go so heavy on your water supplies because they hold so much water. You know, you might have to do some of that, man. And, and that's just you, again, being a deity. Again. You know, you're pouring out to something to a people who may not even um, truly change their way of thinking. But that's the benevolence within you. Like when it says the gift of God, gifts of God are, are without repentance. Saying that you can have a gift and not necessarily change. Repent means to rethink or to think of the source. Re is ra or to redo of the source. And pent means to think. So to rethink. You know, or to which really means because thinking has to be associated with a with a not only you know a cognitive thought but a kinetic action. See, so whenever you're you're talking in terms of temple terms or righteous terms, you're, you're not just speaking about taking on knowledge and information for the take point of taking it because faith without works is dead. 
But the whole point of having knowledge, knowledge is to begin to walk a path. So when you hear things about the way you're thinking, always associating with thinking with, the, with how I'm doing. It should, be, it should be automatic. Not I'm just thinking and letting it sit and fester. But I'm thinking and that now, because remember your thoughts delineate what your destiny is. So we're talking about path and your words delineate what your faith is. You could be walking on the right path and say the wrong thing to the wrong person and, and get your head cut off your shoulders. Right? So your thoughts determine your fate. I'm sorry, your words determine your fate. And your thoughts determine your path or your, des your destiny. That's why the Ori is the container of destiny, right? So you, you make them one and the same. What I'm thinking, what I'm doing, right? So when we say repent, it means to get on the right path. So you could still have your talents and be on the wrong, wrong path. You know, the talents that I have today, I had when I was in that previous half of my life where it was just a lot of error, <laughs> you know, which again is natural error. First part of your life is supposed to be a whole, babies get up, try to walk, do it wrong, fall on the backside. That's supposed to happen. You know, it's a whole lot of trial and error. It's a, it's a whole lot of mistakes. It's a whole lot of happy accidents. And the whole journey is that. So for you, and again, I can't say when your second half starts, but I, I have children who are very, um, some are very critical on themselves, you know, and they feel like at, you know, when they were teenagers, they were like, you know, but Baba, man, I should be doing this and I should be doing that and I should be doing it this way, and, you know, especially my girls, because my girls think like there's no one smarter <laughs> than, than them, and that's probably because I've been telling them that since they were in the, in, in the womb. Like, you the smartest person on the planet, you know. Um, you and your siblings, but it's you. You the one, you know. So they, they all they all have that cognition. Um, so, yeah, at a very young age, they, they would be very hard on themselves. And a lot of work was that part. Like, no, it's okay. Don't worry about it. You know, it's all right. And kind of getting them out of that. But, oh, I wanted to, you know. Um, but during that first part, so for you young people who are hearing it, like, Happy mistakes, man. That's what it's going to be. You know, it's just going to be a lot of mistakes. It's going to be a lot of error. And when you get to the point where you're aligning with your soul, you know, and you, you begin to listen to what the soul is kind of communicating to you or has been communicating all that time, you might find yourself not only coming off of a legacy of mistakes, but now going into a depression. So, so then you might then start thinking about the mistakes and then it fuels the depression. Don't do that. Mistakes are made to be corrected. Celebrate mistakes, man. It, it, mistakes are, are awesome. You know, um, Jimi Hendrix, one of my favorite musicians of all time, made mistakes all the time, but you couldn't tell. You couldn't even hear it because he would play something wrong, and then the next time when the when the when the, the bar would come around, he would just play it the same way again, wrong. <laughs> That's why you listen to a lot of his live recordings. He doesn't really play. It doesn't sound like the record, number one. And he doesn't really play the same thing the same way each time. Because he used to be high out of his mind. You're not going to remember all them songs and you, you tripping on acid at the same time while you're playing. But he would take those mistakes and he would make that mistake pay for it. What? You want? And then he would, now you're going to become part of this song. You know? So, sometimes that's what it is. I tell you, you know, um, a lot of what I became like, 
I got into IT because I couldn't get a security job at the airport because of a mistake that I made in life. And then when I went to the to the to the airport, um, I'm you know a good friend of mine, Derek, was working there at the time. I can say his name. He ain't working anymore. Um, but he was working at the airport. He was like, "Yo, they hiring for security. I can get you in." I was like, "What? You know, I can get a little extra side money because at the time I was trying to buy something." Actually, I'm lying. I remember what it was. I won't tell y'all what it was. But I was trying to buy something. And um, I saw one up there. And I was like, yeah, whoop de boop And I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll do this little job for a couple months, you know. And um, filled out my little stuff. And they was like, guy came out. I was like, we can't hire you. <laughs> we can't hire you. <laughs> like, you know, and I, I, my little heart was all, I was like younger. My heart was all broke and everything. I'm like, man, see, you try to do the right thing. And this is, you know. And um, at that time, I remember, and I may have shared this before, I don't know. I've told this story before because it was so profound to me. There was a sister by, her last name was Green, Miss Green. And um, she she was a, uh, you say a director at a, at a youth detention center. And uh, she had asked me to come there to do like some presentations. So I used to go there and do um these music workshops, which I have some of the recordings that I found recently. One day I'm going to play. Um, but that's back before you could use com- computers to do music. So I'm, I used to go in, me and a friend of mine, with two hand carts of equipment, right? And I would set up these studios in the mess hall, and then I would teach them how to use the equipment, and then they would record, right? So, um... And then I later went on to do that for schools, but this is just something that, you know, it was like just giving back, something I did. And um, I mean, we, I mean, after one session, you know, we had finished and I was I packed everything up and I was talking to her in the office and she was, you know, like we were just catching up and she was like, what's going on? I was like, you know, it seems like every time I'm trying to do something, you know, I'm trying to do the right thing. It's like, there's always something that tries to kick the legs from under me. And then she said, um, I told her what happened. And she was like, well, Maybe you're aiming too low. I'm like, yeah, maybe. And then right after that, I was talking to another brother who um, he owned a computer repair fix-it shop. I'm going to end this as quick. But bottom line, he said to me one day, he was like, you know, I, I think it's great that someone your age has their own business. You got the barbershop and you got the pool hall and all that. He was like, but I think you could do more with your life. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm in school, too, you know, for law. He was like, yeah, but I think you can do more now. And um, he started giving me computer lessons and $10 a lesson. And um, <laughs> I was learning Novell mainframe at the time. And then I went on to some other things and some basic things about repair. And then that's, that started my computer career, right? But my computer career started because the airport turned me down for a job because of my background check. You see, so mistakes. <laughs> I mean, I could. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's cool little gig and everything like that. But who knows where? You know, I'm, maybe I would have graduated to. You know, bring it on in, bring it, all right. You know, I would have been doing that today instead of talking to you. You know, um, so like I said, you know, for you young people listening, man, you know, don't don't ever really beat yourself up too much because you're designed. At this age, that's why your bones aren't that brittle. You know, um, you're designed at this age to screw things up a lot and to make a lot of mistakes and fall on your face because you'll survive.
But when you get to that second phase and you're kind of, you have a system and you're more clear on your purpose, and usually you're really enacting around the ages of 60, between 60 and 70, so I got to take care of yourself. Um, then, you know, your bones are a little more brittle and things like that. Your joints are a little stiffer because you're not going to really fall as much because now you're more sensitive to that conversation with the soul that you should have been having um, for a long time. But, again, don't beat yourself up on that. But just be clear that there's going to be times where you got to cut those, those branches that bring forth the bitter fruit, you know. And, like I said, check out the book of Jacob, you know, the, uh, the book of Mormons. That's uh, awesome book. That particular book, I really like that book a lot. Or like I said, the book of Yakub. I'm gonna scan real quick for questions. I don't think I didn't see any question marks out of the corner of my eye, so I think you all are pretty good. Um, I think you all are pretty good. I don't see question marks. Um, <laughs> so he liked fish. <laughs> um. LOL, once I seen a white guy have a really bad wreck, he was almost killed. I run to the car, he was watching fisting porn. His pants was down. Yeah, that'll, that'll do it. Ain't nothing worse than a, a fisting porn car accident causing the traffic back up when you're trying to get somewhere. Um, okay. Sometimes that depression and anxiety comes from those experiences, whether you remember them or not. Right, exactly. Because you always have an imprint on the feeling. That's the feminine side of you. You know, the feminine watery side of you is always going to have a, um, it's, it holds an imprint of consciousness. So it's always going to have the imprint of those feelings. Feelings are the residuals. Your, your emotion, the energy and emotion, which is more masculine, um, it's just that moving energy. But the residuals of it are the feelings. So your emotions usually are more linked to a cognitive thought. You know, he said this and I did this, or I, I was I went into this zone, I was happy about it, whatever. But the residual feelings sometimes they're difficult to trace because that's the long standing, you know, energy that you have regarding something. But again, especially as men, we're, we're, a lot of times we're shamed out of those feelings, man, and that's the wrong thing, man. You create monsters like that. Literally, you create monsters. You take something, you suppress it long enough, what you think it's going to look like? I take my hand like this and I bend it like that. Walk around like that. Well, my wrist, I know my wrist wants a full range of motion. And I just walk around like that. Don't you think this thing is going to become grotesque after a while? This joint isn't even going to work right. So that's how you create your monsters by suppressing something over a period of time. You got to let it out. You got to let it out. Let it flow. You know? Um, so let's see. Ask your question, Jelly Waves family. <laughs> Just go on and ask it because I'm going to shut this down in a minute. Um, my tablet only got 3% battery life. So <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the questions from here. Once this dies, I'm going to shut it down. So go ahead and ask what you want to ask. Um, and Tony said, my drama teacher used to say, if you're wrong on stage, don't let it trip you up. Be wrong and strong, but keep moving in the right direction. Yeah. Listen. Let me tell you something about me as a musician. I can't remember uh, the names of songs for the life of me. Or lyrics. And I just remember what songs sound like. Like when we're playing on stage. And the worst thing that any person could ever do was tell me to start a song. That happened one time at a show. i never forget this. I know. Oh. And... Um, 
the uh, singer was like, you know, because um, I had just joined that group. He's like, you know, we got a, we got a new bass player, and da 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 and da 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 And he's like, you know, we want you to start, start it off for us. And then he named the song, and I'm like, I have no idea what, <laughs> what song that is. So I was like, heck. So I, 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 for some reason, I remembered it was C sharp. That's all I knew. I knew it was in the key of C. I didn't know if it was C major, C minor, whatever. So I just started jamming out in C sharp. <laughs> I was killing it, right? And I never forget the the um, keyboard player, like, and the singer looked over, like, "What the heck is he playing?" And they just kind of looked at each other, like, you know, like, just like the show must go on. One of them kind of looks like, just, just play, play, <laughs> you know. So then they started playing the real song, and I'm like, "Oh, that's right." You know, like so, happy people sitting out the crowd. The crowd was like, you know, they was they were liking what I was doing, and then it just kind of got weird for about maybe four seconds, and then I jumped into the right song. So yeah, man, just if you make a mistake, man, just learn. You know, as a warrior, learn to be vulnerable to it, and um, learn adaptability. You you have to adapt to it, even in fight training. Um, I remember learning different things. Like you look at Wing Chun, you know, one of your hand movements is here and then punch here, straight punch, right? Now you can use that when sometimes you get scared, you know, like if someone is throwing a cross here, right? Whereas, you know, you should block like this or, or block like, depending on what kind of blocks you want to you wanna use, where you should block like that, you might kind of panic for a second and do that, right? And kind of move. Well, if you do that, then you immediately have to follow it up with a straight punch. So if you make a mistake, then you punch here, right? So that is a move that's almost like perfectly designed for when you make a mistake in the middle of a fight. You know, if a punch is coming here, it should be this hand that's, that's handling it. So that way it still stays in play. I can block here and still punch or whatever, right? You know, and I still have this. I can block and, you know. But if I make a mistake and cross my hands, which you should never cross your hands in a fight, but if I make a mistake and cross my hands, there's already techniques designed to get me out of that. So mistakes, are, they're just, they're part of everything. And you have to kind of, as a good teacher or designer of a system or anything, you have to almost design the recovery from mistakes inside of it. Almost like when you're, when you're filling out your marital contract, for those of you who court and patrol properly, there should be stipulations for divorce within that contract. How do we divorce? Why do we divorce? What's acceptable reasons for us to divorce, right? So you already put it within it. So, let me see, there was a question. Jelly Waves. Okay, so Jelly Waves family says, would you say that judgment, that, excuse me, would you say that the judgment we're seeing, <laughs> Zach, you stay coming late. Zach, stay coming the last three minutes. I'm sorry. Would you say that the judgment we're seeing in society today is more so different sets of justice and different energy matrices, or is it overall judgment that is coming based off of one karmic energy? I would say it's based off of one karmic energy, right? But again, it's there's different ways of judgment, right? So um, just like there's different orders that are established, some people are very concerned about us coming under one a one world monetary system and being tracked by a chip and things like that and almost kind of having this this system of social enslavement 
put on us that we call the New World Order, which I I will tell you is almost over. Like, the New World Order happened a long time ago. I mean, consider those who were brought over in the halls of ships and were brought to this landmass. Wasn't that like a New World Order? And they were tagged and numbered, you know, um, and enslaved and forced to work free. That would be like a New World Order, right? So there's different waves of, of orders, but and there's different judgments that come at different times, but ultimately it's the same judgment which is based on disobedience to what you should have been listening to, right? Uh, when, when, a, when a person wears a perm all their lives or, or you know, artificial products and wigs and weaves and things like that, and then at 50 all of their hair falls out, that's a judgment because you're trying to cover the glory for you. You're covering up that glory of the creator. So within that sense, now you get judged, right? That's a wave of judgment. If, I, if I'm if i a guy and I've been indiscriminately sticking my, my phallus into anything that would accept it, and then now at this age, I'm completely depleted of, of all of my testosterone and even the ability to, to please the woman that I have chosen to be with, because I've been blending my flesh with anything for so many years, now that's a judgment. I'm being judged for that now. So there's different levels of judgment, if you will. Um, but it's always behind the same thing because you're, you're essentially already given what to do, right? It's just like some people have been saying to me, like, Chief, you need to just say that you were telling us that all this was going to happen. You even said... 2020, and for those who are closer, I said first quarter 2020, right? Yes, I did say that. However, you'll be judged by what you listened to and obeyed or did, right? So again, there's different levels of judgment in that sense. There's different levels of judgment. Um, but, or I'm sorry, different waves of judgment. Excuse me. It comes at different times, but... That means also the redemption can come at any time too. And you could redeem yourself right now. Say, you know what? Let me get my stuff together. Let me do what I know I'm supposed to be doing and stop playing. Um, but as far as different energy matrices, yeah, you can violate at different levels. You can violate across different dimensions. You can spiritually violate. You can physically violate. You can mentally violate, emotionally violate. And there's what we call curses, right? There's curses or rewards that come as a result of either one. And I'm not talking about someone who's sitting up in a crowd, a cloud somewhere like, I'm going to get you, and I'm going to get you. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about the laws of the universe and the way things work. You know, if you go against something that you're not supposed to go against long enough, then you're going to receive a response from that thing. If you um, go with and towards something that you're supposed to go with and, and toward long enough, then you'll also receive a response from that thing. So right now... Um, you, you think about even what's happening now. There are things that we're being told to do that you knew you were supposed to do anyway. <laughs> You're supposed to give people space. People be on top of people too much. You know, um, we violate people's personal space all the time. Not we. I don't do it because it makes me sick. But I'm just going to say we. Um, wash your hands. Come on. It's just like I've spoken about before in ancient Kemet. You see certain reliefs on the walls, and it, it just gives you clue as to how much the ancestors knew we were going to fall into stupidity. Right? You know, you have images of people having sex. 
you will fall so deep that you won't even know how to have sex anymore. And we call it a sick, it's the sacred deep art of Tantra or sex magic. No, it's just sex. It's just sex. You just don't know how to do it because you've learned to now blend your flesh with everything else than what you're supposed to blend your flesh with. If you blended your flesh with what you're supposed to blend your flesh with, sex with, you would get creative because you ain't got a whole bunch of choices. You see, it's just like food. People say, oh, you don't eat no meat, man. You, you build something. Nah, because you learn how to use spices. Spices become very interesting. You see, because I don't have a choice. I can, I'm, I'm not going to have a taste of pepperonis and a taste of this and a taste of that. No, it's, it's going to be these things. And I know what vegetables, I'm not eating every vegetable. I'm not eating every fruit or at every time. So you, you learn to get very creative with what it is that you have, right? So uh, when you learn to find suitable accompaniments to your design, and when you don't, there's a curse that comes along with it. If I put my phallus where it doesn't belong, like, you know, in an, inside of another man long enough, then there's a judgment that comes with that. I mean, I you know, it might be one time, right? If I put it in an animal, if I put it in a child, there's a judgment that comes with that because that's not who I'm supposed to be blending my flesh with. You see what I'm saying? So there are violations on different levels. I'm not supposed to be smelling a can of tuna fish and, you know what I mean? So I'm violating against my body because I'm tricking my body. So at some point, my body's going to judge me and curse me for, oh, you made me think all this time, three times a day, there was a woman there. And then I'm just generating all of this male essence and then giving it to you, and it's just going on the floor or into a napkin or into a garbage can or into a condom. Now you, you, you meet the love of your life. You're in your 30s, you're in your 40s, you're in your 50s. But now your sperm ain't swimming anymore. <laughs> you know, the, the count is real low. You can't really get a, get the count up. Can't seem to produce a child now. You see? Judgment. You know, so it, it's all in how you look at things. There's a spiritual story and there's, there's a human story. But, you know, um, yeah, that's what the judgment is. You know, I'm starting to understand what you are telling us. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad. Um, oh, there's another question. For example, well, I see two questions. I'm sorry. I got 2% left, so I'm going to get through these quick. Cruz, peace, brother Cruz. Peace, peace. One thing that is continually on me at this time is the continued wasting of time to this point of my life. Would you say that this is a form of depression, Chief? No. The wasting of time is not a form of depression. No. Um, the fact that you're aware of it is a good thing. The fact that you're aware that you're not on the path is a great thing. Now, you got to ask yourself, why are you wasting your time? Is it because you don't know what to do with it? Or is it because you're being disobedient to it? Now, that will lead to depression. To depression, depression. That will lead to depression, right? Because now you're separating the soul and the spirit. And then the spirit feels that feeling of being alone. Because it, it, remember, the soul is, is just a reflection of trillions of energy if not more right so as long as you're connected to soul energy you feel like man this i'm connected to, to everything that has a soul i'm connected to you know i'm one you know you get all those type of feelings and then when you stray away from that and now you're just functioning from intuition and spirit which feels good for a moment 
You know, it's just like when you start a race and you first jump out, you feel good. And after a while, you're like, damn, I'm out here running by myself and I'm a little bored. And, you know, um, then the depression comes in. So you have to look at, well, why is it that I'm wasting my time? Is it because I again, don't know what to do with it? And then what does it mean when a man wastes time? When ultimately that's the domain that he governs on the planet. Whereas women govern space, men, men govern time. So how crucial is it to your manhood that you be on time? You know, and again, a lot of times we waste time when we're not aware of the divine clock. Like right now, some are not aware of the divine clock, crew. Some some people think like, yeah, when things go back to normal, I'm gonna do this and do things ain't never going back to normal. And they ain't been normal in a long time. People still talking about New World Order or this or that. Second phase of New York New World Order was Y two K. It happened. But because the computers didn't go down, which I made a lot of money during that time, contracting, because everybody was so afraid the computers were going down, and we were installing these little stupid little patches that didn't really do anything to reset the clocks, you know, at a certain time. But, uh, hey, it is what it is. Um, <laughs> but the computers didn't go down. So they were, oh, we're all right. In 2012, and they're, oh, we're all right. No, there are things that are happening during those times, you know? Just like now... Things are happening, and when pe- things go a certain direction, people will say, Whew, "Glad we got through that." Did you though? Did you did you get through it? Did you really? Were your eyes wide open, or were you stuck inside the house watching Netflix and 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 eating family sized corn chips? You know, were, were you? Did you really see what where we were going? So a lot of times you might waste time as a man, my brother, because you're not in tune with what needs to happen at this time. You know, um, I don't train martial arts as hard as I used to, right? I, st- I still train, but not like I used to. Because the things that I would be required to do at this point are not the things that I would be required to do at 20, right? I got children for that. <laughs> you know, I got phone calls I could make. You know, go punches do in the eye. I don't have to do that. So I'm aware of the time. So I don't waste my time. With sparring all that. I spar three, four times as strong. I don't do that anymore. Right? So now I do different things. Right? Because the times dictate a different agenda for me. So you got to be aware of your personal horoscope. And then you got to be aware of the, the context that you're functioning inside of. To make sure that you're not wasting time and doing things that have nothing to do with where you're at. Or where you're supposed to be going. Alright. Let me get to the next one. Before my battery die. Um... Jelly Waves family says again, what you say... No, I'm sorry. I already read that one. Jelly Waves... Oh, you gave me an example. For example, Ajay Olokun, would, would she be in charge of the justice towards the wrongdoings, money, economic-wise? No. Like the stock markets and the economic systems of the world right now? No. I wouldn't say that. Um, Olokun is the master of space and the subconscious. You know. Um... So just look at it like that. So I wouldn't necessarily say that. You you know again, don't look for something eternal. Let me let me inter I'm um, external. Excuse me. Let me give you that little advice before I go to the next one. People keep bringing up Oya. Oya is doing this and Oya is doing it. No, you did it because you kept being hard headed. You kept being you were supposed to have been building up your immune system. You've been eating foods you got no business eating. You've been being around dirty people or, or eating food out of dirty stores or, 
or going into places where you're ordering fruit behind plexiglass and there's rats and stuff all around and it stinks and you still buy the food anyway. You've been doing that. You've been not storing water in your house. You've been not storing food in your house. Even though you were told to do these things, you were told to prepare. You were told how to, Dr. Africa transition. How long have you been telling us how to eat? Dr. Sebi came along, no disrespect to Dr. Sebi, but everybody like forgot about Dr. Africa. Like, yo, he been telling us all this time. Because Dr. Sebi came, he was like the Elijah Muhammad. He came with the shock treatment. Boom, boom. And it was like, huh, 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 huh. But Dr. Africa's smooth and he was funny and he was cool and he, you know, and he was more funny than anything else. And but he'd been telling you, stop eating sugar. Stop eating meat. Stop eating pork. Stop it. This is what it's doing to your body. And yeah, but it's good. It's bad for me, but it's, it's good for me. You know, and you've been making all these little jokes. So now you're walking around sick, don't know what to do. I don't own one mask. And I'm not saying that to brag. I'm going to get some masks. I ordered some a while ago, but they were coming from Hong Kong and they were taking too long to arrive. So I said, keep those. But what I'm saying is that I'm not worried. Even if I, I might already have it. I don't know. I'm strong. I'm strong. I'll take this this solid wood chair right now and break it on camera. I'll break it across my knee. Ain't no, ain't no virus breaking me, right? And I'll be I'll be the ones Illuminati be like, God, that that one right there. <laughs> the one with the big mouth and the big head. That's the next one. You know, you gotta make a point out of him. But my point I'm saying is that I'm strong, right? I'm always filled up on oregano oil and elderberry and and stuff that that that. And probiotics and things that keep my system strong. And I'm always moving. and You know what I mean? So, why? Because I was told to do that a long time ago. Not because I just woke up one day. Because that's the elderberry. I mean, oregano is nasty. Black seed oil. I take it like almost every day. It's nasty. It takes like car, car oil. It's Every day it's the, the shot I got to take. And keep moving on my day. Right? But you've been told what to do. And you've been ignoring it like it's cute. Hey, I'm going to have to hit you with something else again. Some of y'all in the chat right now cracking jokes. <clears throat> Low. You know what I'm saying? Like, there he is. <laughs> there he is. <laughs> right? You've been told what you're supposed to do and you keep ignoring it. And then when something happens, you want to look at everybody to blame. But then when something happens right, you want to get the credit. You see, my ancestors listen to me when I talk. And I Shut the F up. Just do what you're told. That's the biggest problem of Melanoid people since the beginning of time. We're so damn disobedient. We don't ever want to listen. Somebody says, that's why New York is rampant like that. You go right now to Flatbush Avenue, you wouldn't even know nothing is happening at all. Yo, I was damn near like, I had to fight my way out of the fruit market practically. Like, I'm, and I mean literally, like, I have my bag and I'm damn near like with my, 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 Elbow out like, like, yo, back up, back up, back up. Like, I'm I'm going, like, yo, six feet, back up. Like, people just act, talking on the phone all in your face. And you see, that's why we're in this situation. Because we don't listen. I'm just messing with you, low. You know what I'm saying? Sort of. But stop looking for it, man. Arisha's doing it. Arisha's upset. You know who's upset? Your ancestors. Your ancestors are upset. Because you keep being lazy and stupid. Think about your great, 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 great grandmother. 
when she was laying on her back, getting raped by that slave maker. And she said, one day the Lord going to send a terrible storm and going to kill this mother effer. You see? That's all, every pump, that's what she was thinking. Every time he was pumping and sweating in her, that's what she was thinking. One day, one day, you're going to get yours, you mother effer. One day. Right? Here it is. <laughs> and then some of you fool descendants from these ancestors, you... There's a storm that comes and you stand right in the middle of it because you're so goddamn hard. It's, oh, excuse me, I mean to say that. Because you're so gosh darn hard-headed. Right? Stop thinking that something outside of you is doing all of this, man. It's you. You did it to yourself, blood. You did it to yourself. You see, like, this is your judgment. This ain't some... Orishas don't have will. They don't wake up one day and say, we're going to clean the earth. They can't do that. That's not what they do. It's like your, 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 your can of WD-40 isn't going to jump out of the garage one day and spray that squeaky front door. I'm tired of hearing that door squeak now. You know, it doesn't work that way. It's you who are utilizing the tools. It is you who is creating your own karma. Now, some people call this victim blaming. I actually don't care about those people. So, yeah... So what I'm saying is that it's time for you to get your shite together. You. Let's. Woo. I'm about to say. I don't even know if I should say it to y'all. Really. Because you ain't really ready for that, man. You ain't really ready for. But I'm just going to say. You notice I haven't done a podcast on the Orisha channel in like almost a, like damn near a year. You notice that? Anybody? Anybody picked up on that? Some of this information that you think you're ready for, and I thought you were ready for it, I admit, it was me too. You ain't really ready for it, because you ain't got the basics down yet. In good conscience, some things I can't even teach anymore. In good conscience, I can't even teach certain things anymore. You ain't ready for it. And it's, it's my fault for giving it to you first. It's, that's my fault. I'll take that completely. I tried to I tried to catch it like when I was doing the Thunderground Thursdays and like, okay, we're going to learn it. But I'm, I made a mistake on giving you a little bit too much too soon, thinking that you were something that you are not. And that's for anybody who relates to that. So now we got to get back to the basics. Just like they're telling you now, wash your hands, cover your mouth when you cough. <laughs> okay, well, I'm, I'm saying this to you. Uh, be a good husband. Be a real man. Stop acting like a P.U. Like a power you, you know, um, you you guys out there had to say, say this about somebody yesterday. Like, stop coming home and telling your wife all your problems like she's your best friend. That's gay, my dude. Stop doing that. Um, you need to get near other men and tell them your problems and have a cry session once and then get into your solutions after that. Stop doing that. Females, stop trying to usurp the position of the males. Like, I got to now go back to all the basics, man, because this is why you're being judged. This is why you're being judged. All the stuff that I've been saying that you don't want to hear, that it pisses you off, that you give thumbs down when I say it, when I say, oh, he, he telling the women they're trying to act like men again. Yeah, because somebody needs to tell you, man. 
I'm not selling tickets to lectures and stuff like that. So I don't, I'll tell you whatever the hell I want to tell you. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, whether you, it's not, my livelihood is not dependent on a certain demographic supporting me. If you want to support, support the works. I got a lot of stuff going and I appreciate the support that comes in. But if no support comes in, I'm a grown ass man. And if I ain't got nothing, I got, I got plots of land and I will take my family and we will live in tents on the land and that will be that. If it comes down to us having nothing, it's like the pig thing. Am I going to die, eat the swine? I'm going to die. Am I going to live on some land in some tents or am I going to prostitute myself for the people? I live on a tent on the land in some tents. It's good to sleep on, on the ground anyway, man. It's better for your, your, your core when having to get up and get down every day. So it's actually more healthy anyway. Whatever. We just sleep outside. Or we sleep in the cars or the land, whatever it is. So these are the things, these are the, the truths that you really need to hear, man. Hey, let me tell you something. Some, some of you people have been going, be getting upset with me when I say things like, you know, um, yeah, usurping each other's place, man. When a guy is acting like a, like a punk and a female is acting like a freaking bouncer, yeah, that battery getting ready to go, um, we can't, Help each other. You see, let me let me tell you something about the way we position as men and women. When you are in your place and you're looking at me for direction, that means the same way how y'all are situated, you're looking here, this way, back where my speaker is, right? And then when I'm looking at you for my reflection, I'm looking this way. You know what happens in that moment when you're looking at me and I'm looking at you? We got each other's backs. Because if something behind me is trying to come and hurt me from that, you, you can see it. Hey, 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 daddy, look out. Oh, okay. If something is coming behind you, hey, baby, let me handle this. You see? But when I'm acting like a sissy and I'm in your spot and trying to hide up under your skirt... Because I didn't have a daddy and I don't know how to act. And you're over here because you didn't have a daddy. <laughs> you don't know how to act. You know, and, and I can't trust men. And, well, you know, I'm scared. She's just better at it than I am. So I'm going to let her do it. Because she, you know, she just, I, she understand that stuff better than I do. I'm going to let her go talk. I'm going to let her go answer the door. I'm going to let her figure out what to do with the kids. I'm going to let her go look for the new house. I ain't going to look for the new house, man. She good. She like to do that, man. I'm just going to do my thing and let her. You are I don't want to get off. So my point is, if we do that and we move out of the position that we're supposed to be in, we can't even protect each other. And I need your protection and you need my protection. You see, I need someone who has my back. The women in my life know <clears throat> what foods don't agree with me. Right? They know some of the herbs and things that I need. They know some of the things that piss me off. <laughs> Y'all don't know that. Right? They know that because they're looking at me. And I know the same things about them. Because I'm looking at them. And we're not fighting for position. You see? Those are basics. That That's primitive. It's primal. It's just getting back down to the primal root. So I'm saying like... If you don't do those things... <laughs> you're going to be cursed. Period. So you may be thinking like... This energy is coming and this and they doing this and they doing that. Well, why are some people catching it and some people not catching it? 
You got doctors catching it. But doctors got the best masks and they're washing their hands and they're doing everything, but they're still catching it. You had that, that dude out in Kansas, that, that old Caucasian man who was like, I ain't been around nobody. I've been on the farm by myself and he got it. Where did he get it from? He wasn't around anyone. Now, I'm not saying ignore what they're telling you because you ain't going to catch me on that one. I'm not a physician. This is for entertainment purposes. So you ain't going to catch me on that one. But what I'm saying is that at some point you got to recognize that there's something deeper happening here. You see, there's something much deeper happening here. And being out of formation for this long, there's a judgment that comes and that judgment may be a curse. And for some who are in formation, like I said, it's so quiet and peaceful right now. Whew, I'm getting so much done. But so for some information, the judgment may end up being a blessing. You decide which side you're going to empower or disempower yourself on. I know I went off on that question. I'm sorry. I know there's more questions. We're going to get ready to go because all my batteries are dying. Um, <laughs> uh, but it's just... You, uh, <laughs> I try not to say too much. You know, I try to just... I don't like to start trouble with things like that, but... You know, I don't know how many different ways I can tell you guys. And you guys have, have you have literally seen me go gray. Telling you to wake up. Go back to the earlier videos. You know, I did all this gray I got now. I just got this in the last two and a half years. I'm a, I'm a new gray. I will say newbie. I'm a newbie to gray. You know, it's cool though. I ain't, you know, I ain't got no issue with it. But I'm saying like, I've been giving you potent information long enough that there should be a bunch of you right now with your torches in the air like I'm good not still like I don't know and some of you are new so I you know I give it to you hmm. some of you Chris peace brother anything you would recommend in addition to the book of Mormon as it pertains to that culture I recommend everything I teach everything you hear me say that's my recommendation and I mean that sincerely I'm not trying to brush you off Everything I say is, is purposeful. I don't have any filler content. That's why sometimes I don't do segments because I don't feel like it. If I'm not feeling it, I don't do it. I don't just like, well, it's such and such time I got to come up with something to say. Everything I say will save your life. I, 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 I don't mean to sound arrogant, but I don't know what, what else to say it at this point. Um, and I'm, I didn't even recommend the Book of Mormon. I said that's what I read. What I'm recommending is what I'm what I've been telling you, what I'm telling you now. You know? And that's one of the things I read. So before some of you say, well, he get all that from the Book of Mormon. I read a lot of different things. And I've been read the Book of Mormons. Yeah, I read the I read that book probably shoot four times before I was twenty twenty four, twenty five. Alright. So yeah. I like studying about energy. That's what I enjoy. I like studying, and I've said that before, thermodynamics. That's my thing. You know. Uh, Low says, apple cider vinegar is nasty. You sure are. You, you're right. It, it can be. You, it's an acquired taste. It's an acquired taste. You know. Parasites in the gut are tasty, though. Especially when you steam them up with some teriyaki sauce. 
Oh, there go the battery on the thing. All right, I don't, I can't get no more. I'm sorry. So whoever put questions, I don't want to pull them from the phone. Uh, and I'm, so uh, whatever questions you have, I'll try to. I'll look through the chat, and the next time I do a segment, I'll bring them up. But you know, I just had a little old man rant about <laughs> about the last thing, so I apologize for that. But I kind of don't, cause you need to hear it, man. Um, low battery, everything about to go. Um, it's you. Get in alignment. I have more material that's coming out soon, very soon, that's going to help you with that. We're getting in alignment, all right? I'd say probably in about another month where I'm going to be giving you some, this is what we do. This is how you reverse the curse. I ain't talking about spiritual curses. It is a spiritual curse, but not in the way you might be thinking. That's coming soon. Until then, man, there's a lot of information, man, and just prep. You know, just prep, pay attention to what's being told. And like I said, when in doubt, when you don't know what to do, do what your teacher is doing. You don't see me doing no, no stuff, no, you know, stuff that's unmanly. You don't see me doing anything that's unmanly. Um, you see, you see what I'm doing. I don't tell you everything I'm doing, obviously, but um, you have some modeling that you can utilize. And if you know that you're not there, then... Start working on those things that are in front of you, you know, little by little. Lowe showed a great picture, actually, where he showed some of the things that he started to um, collect. And I think he put on the capture, little by little. Yeah, like start, get your compass, <laughs> you know, get your multi-purpose knife, get some water, you know, get, get, your, get your bug out bag. You know, you start little by little, man, you know, and then more things are coming and then you just keep taking them in, you know. Clean your system out. Get that checkup you've been needing. Make sure your car has gas in it. Make sure it doesn't need a tune-up. You know, all those things that you need to get straight within yourself, that's where you, where you begin because you, your vessel can't receive if its vessel's not in, in its proper form and conditioning. So get yourself ready to receive this new wave and this new phase of the information and the wisdom and then so that you can actually enact on it. And it's not just more stuff you're collecting because you will be cursed again for that. You'll be judged for all those books you got on the shelf that you don't read and that you don't apply the information of. When you read African Holistic Health and say, oh, this is deep, and then just put it to the side and then went and got the Popeye sandwich. All right, so that's enough for me. Y'all took me all out, my temple and everything. You know, <laughs> so um, I'm going to go back to what I need to do and um, maybe we'll speak next, next seventh day or maybe not. I don't know. But... Uh, in between now and then, you have your, your marching orders. All right, everyone, enjoy the rest of your seventh day. Peace.